and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm your dream lover, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 495. Summerween night terror spooktacular. Ah, uh, yes, it's it's week four, Eric. I, I wish that I was a better actor. You, you think yeah, I'd be a good actor? Handsomer. No. <laughs> well, no. I, I'm thinking of a Steve Buscemi type, Eric. I'm not oh. going full handsome. Well, you like to think you're a good liar. Well, that that is true. I think I am, but the act, I, I'm going to have to try it tonight because I don't want to be as miserable. As I really am for these books. Oh. I, but then again, I won't. Eric, I'm just going to go with it. I'm hoping that you can pick me up and at least convince me that most of these are mm, three out of ten. But we'll see, Eric. I ended up being told today that one guy on the YouTubes ended up saying that Night Terrors and All of the Times Best Thing that he's ever read in his life. And I was just happy that Joshua Williamson reached out to me, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> But with all of that, welcome all you weirdos of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, boo, uh, boo. And we are here midpoint of the Night Terrors. I think that on the Weird Some Science mean. Comics, you know, you check that out on the on the YouTubes. I'm going to do a mid-deal report card. Everything's I was mid. trying to think. It's like mid-term <laughs> report card, or should I say midway, half-time? I don't know. Eric, it is mid. It's very mid. And I was going to do it today, but I figured first up, I'll see what you might be able to pick me up with these books. But I also ended up getting so depressed that I didn't want to do it. But hopefully we will get things picked up going. Oh, my goodness. You're but probably sick, you, too. So. I'm sick and tired of this shit is what I am sick and tired of. Eric, hey, when we also, when you're going through this and you wonder, well, they keep saying that these Night Terrors books aren't great. Why aren't they talking about the books that aren't Night Terrors? Well, that we is what are. we did over on our Patreon Spotlight this week. There were only two books that we're talking about that were non-spooky Summerween books. Those were Brave and the Bold, number three, and Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor, number one. We actually picked, or the badasses picked those four. The Spotlight came out Thursday night, almost two hours long. I will let everybody know. So we're if you want to go and listen to us talk about those. Uh, yeah, go over to patreon.com slash weird science and get a bunch of other things, including when things really hit the skids like they are right now, I tend to get so depressed that I think that more and different podcasts will end up picking me up. So I started a Mark Miller Miller World podcast just to be able to talk about something that I enjoy, but that's over to Patreon as well. And when I tweeted it out, Mark Miller himself said that that's a great idea. So that, that is, is a great cool. Idea. Talk I about my kind stuff. Of a cool deal. I know. I was like, oh, well, like he likes his things, but they are pretty good. Starting with wanted is what I did start with. But we're here for Night Terrors, Eric, and we have six books tonight, including, and I said last week, it's kind of a an off week when you don't get a name numbered Night Terrors book. Well, I, I strike that, strike that from the record. Because we get one this week, and what do we get? But before we do that, Eric, I already mentioned the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew. Boo, boo, boo. Here is their 
badass roll call. At least we're having fun with this, right? I, I just, I just imagine. I can have fun with everything, really. I can imagine the tales that you'll tell as we go drama queen. forward. We have, well, a drama queen. I actually think I'm a story king, and that's what I want, and I'm not getting. Here we go. Uh-huh. Stephen Bat Dad Mitchell, Trevor. Dad Nation, yeah, yeah. Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, John D's nuts. <laughs> I'll kill both. Uh, Doctor Destiny over there, huh? Ted Cross. I love punchline. Stork Michael S. Cam Matt Razor Demon Three Thousand Niels Teward told me I'd like the Angel Breaker. He lied, Eric. David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Alec, Comic Boom, Rocker. Check out his YouTube channel. He likes a lot more than I do. Richard Ryder. Oh, my God. Oh, that classic amalgam character between Nightwing and the Creeper. Kind of a, you know, standard deal. I'm proud of you. Mark Jager, Bill uh, Bear from the Batpod, Robin, Carlos, No Wolf, Marv, Matthew, uh, Pierre, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Louise, Merv, Shoop, Andrew and Belfast, little shout out to him, me and him were talking about Sinead O'Connor's untimely passing, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Batman Beyond, Mark, should I hit it again, Eric? No. Ready, Murray up there in Buffalo and doxing, double A, Ron, in Minnesota, all-time shout out to are greats Reginald Drinkwater and Rob Lewis. Mm-mm. There you go. I'm doing. Oh my goodness! You have picked me up, Eric. Stolen you my stole dreams. my dreams, but unfortunately, I still have nightmares to talk about Richard because I'm going to jump out the window. Richard Ryder, get a Richard ride up your. I don't know, leg of your pants. Here we go. We have, like I said, six books, including a numbered issue of Night Terror. So we're going to go up right now. And start with that. Once upon a time, everything was fine. Just think of stone. Thought it last long. Didn't you? When you heard the news, well, you blew a fuse. Snapped back the neck, then you took a snooze. a complete unknown eric i still don't know anything about that guy that guy i know less about than i know my kids and that is a diss that's a diss uh, to you if any uh, <laughs> there but here we are with the books we'll see if eric can pick me up i heard that he likes one of the books in this oh. section but which one could it be i think people would kind of guess which one it would be so. with these three we end up we're going to start with the 
numbered Night Terrors. Night Terrors number two, but we're also going to go through Action Comics and Detective Comics. I don't know. Some people were kind of into that Detective Comics, Eric. I don't know. Were they? I kind of just, yeah, that's what I saw. I, the five people who are reading Night Terrors, I mean, one of them liked it, I think, Eric. I don't know. But here we go. And even before we start, I ended up being amazed because of all the things going on. We had talked about it before, but DC had dropped us from the review list, right? Because we don't give very good reviews. But I think it's more that we give pretty, you know, honest reviews. They just don't like just our poorly cut written. of our chip. That's what they do. I have grammar. Bad reviews. So I could do that. But the idea where it seemed like they were trying to skew it a little. They, wee, there's some really bad scores this week. And one of them is this first book with an aggregate score, Eric, with what is going on now and that nonsense of what people call review sites. A 6.9, dude, is what the aggregate score is. That's bad. That sure is. is not good. And that's not good, especially with that little, you know, weighted grain of salt type deal for an event. It really is bad. But this is Night Terrors number two, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Giuseppe Comicoli, Stefano Nessi, Casper Wingard, Frank Martin. Also, Casper Wingard again, our colors, and Troy Pateri. And here we go. And I said it last week. When we don't get the main book, I kind of thought, ah, you know, it's a little down with the week when you don't get that because of the idea where, you know, the big book's the one that's really the only one telling the story. So when we get this, yeah. And so when we end up getting the main book, I think that what I realized this week, we get the main book, and I'll tell you right now, I don't think it does much. I think it should do a lot more, especially with the idea that in the landscape where these tie-ins don't seem to be doing anything, you really need to pick up the pace and do something big on the main book. But the idea for me, this whole event is kind of just a drag because nothing seems to be connected and you get all these books. Like when we had Convergence, I'll right. even go back to that. We didn't love it, but at least we had books that we knew what was going on there was kind of the rules we you know when the rules weren't played out like the adam book we went nuts with the big hand but at least we can say that the rules must have been okay at least a little if we went so mad about that adam but in this these tie-ins they just mean so little but they also don't even feel like they're connected together as a whole as an event it doesn't feel like an event that's cohesive and together, even with the easiest thing of, hey, they have nightmares, it just kind of seems disjointed and it throws me off. But when we get the main book, I sit there and like, okay, now we're here. Let's, you know, pay Time attention to the heavy to hitters. We're going to get the heavy hitters. What are we going to do? And the weird play of it is, is that maybe this main book, which seems to be concerned with recapping and giving little dribs and drabs of an origin of the villain, maybe that would play better if the tie-ins were doing something. Because then you'd be like, okay, I want to learn more about the villain overall. Go, we don't have a story that's even started at this midpoint yet. And again, the time is a story. We just don't understand it. Well, I don't even know what. Because the idea where you have this character insomnia that then went and used his nightmare powers that he had because of Lazarus' reign to create a nightmare in the reality that killed John D, taken over the body of John D, so then he could then create a nightmare wave to put the entire world to sleep so he could search through their dreams thinking that maybe John D, Dr. Destiny, put the nightmare stone that he's looking for in somebody's mind. So he's doing that, but there's a lot of people in the world, so we're getting a lot of books with John, where uh, insomnia is not there because... It's a lot of people, Jimmy. He doesn't, he doesn't have he's all day. He's not doing anything in any of them. I mean, there hasn't been one that he, except the well, Batman one right away. But still, 
we have this guy Insomnia who was given these powers after Lazarus reign, but for some reason also with his ability to put the entire world to sleep and create these nightmares and search through people's minds for a stone that we don't un- understand yet, that with powers that we don't fully understand. He also has a group in the real world called the Sleepless Knights that we don't fully understand and are able to do whatever they want. But even in this book, it says, oh, no, Insomnia, yeah, he's had to go back to the Nightmare realm. But his Sleepless Knights are still, are they different than him and his powers? I, I'm saying I there's a story here. I just don't understand Well, Shit. that's the thing. You say that. I think there's like an outline. But the idea where I'm sitting there and he's like, go, my Sleepless Nights. I'm like, how are they able to do this? Why can't you then? And even this idea of what we can only assume at this point, some schmuck, right? He's there. He's in in the Arkham Tower. He gets dripped on. And suddenly the Lazarus Rain transforms. Where is this where he gets the idea that there even is a Nightmare Stone? All of a sudden, now he knows about this cult that was there a 100 years ago. It almost seems like he's connected to that, but we never got that. And then you have just this also, he's mad about the justice. There's so many things we don't know. But again, I don't even know why at any point somebody in the waking world doesn't just say, let's go get the Dreamstone right now and maybe that'll combat it. I don't even know what's going on. In the whole scheme of things and what this Nightmare Stone actually even does or what it will end up doing, except that he wants it. And I'll, I'll even go with that when we get through this. It almost feels like a wishing stone. Then when they talk about it, it almost feels like the dream stone itself. But at one point, you end up having these this cult where it seems like they could use it to wish for riches or they could take it. I don't know what they're even doing. But Insomnia himself says, your dad just wanted to use it for money. I don't even know what the hell it is anymore. Actually, Ain't I never know what it was. nothing more than nightmares, Jim. You don't understand the nightmare trade. I know that a lot of horror movies, you do them with a low budget, and it ends up paying off. So maybe that's what it is. You end yeah. up getting really kick-ass nightmare horror movie stone. deal. Again, and even at that point, the it, house. it seemed weird. It, yeah, it, it seemed like, okay, we're going to end up dreaming or you know, praying, sacrificing ourselves to the god of dreams. But then that was also what Insomnia called himself, but then he, he kind of showed he was alive. Of nightmares. It, it just gets, yeah, nightmares. It just all gets wacky. And then the whole play of it being a horror story, and then you start with Dead Air with Boston Brand for no apparent reason except to I'm take sorry, For page. some reason, what we're doing here with the dead man at the beginning of every every one of these, you know, these uh, night terror issues the idea where it's almost like, you know, Channel 52 back in the day with, you know, at the end of a new 52 book, you'd have this. But it's just for some reason, all right, let's do some wacky shit to catch people up. And here we go. It's Dead Man and the body of Batman who's resurrecting Sandman because when he, like, when Dead Man jumped into Insomnia's mind, he saw a connection with Wesley Dodds and Sandman. So here we are. Hey, Wesley Dodds, now that you're a reanimated zombie man, what do you know about the Nightmare Stone? Oh, shit, what don't I know about the Nightmare Stone? And the answer is a lot because he just happened to come across a cult back in the 1940s that were going to sacrifice themselves for the Nightmare Stone. But for some reason, even though they drank the poison Kool-Aid and the main guy stabs himself, it wasn't enough of a sacrifice because his gas gun put them to sleep. They still drank the fucking poison. Now, here's the thing. I think that what he was saying was that he switched the poison out. So because he said I was aware of it because they had this poison. And it doesn't make any sense because they didn't die. He said that they woke up the next day. So it wasn't a you know, sacrifice. Only the one guy did that actually looks like insomnia. So the nightmare stone started manifesting. But because there wasn't enough of a sacrifice, it demanifested back into nothingness. But this seems like it's not really connected to John D and the whole. Be- and this is what Joshua well, this is Williamson what John does. John D was alive. I, but again, 
even when you played this, though, John D's nuts. It seemed like when John D's nuts ended up, it was transformed. Remember that he grabbed it, and then I said, it seems like he molded it in, but now it's before. And all this going on, though, you even start out, and again, you're gonna have this dead air with Buster Brand. I thought, okay, well, I'm trying to figure things out, and I thought. Maybe you should do like a sham wow type thing to start out, right, Eric? Because at least then I could say, oh, that's stuff that's on at 3 a.m. You're up late. Like, that's the theme. But there's no theme. <laughs> it's just nonsense. And then it goes in. And even the idea where the first thing you have to do, because Joshua Williamson seems way more interested in trying to get people not to yell at him than actually tell the story. Hey, Batman, what's happening? How do you know it's the Batmans? What? You don't know about time travel and the multiverse? Oh, boy. And then you move on. I'm like, what what was that? Why did you? Nobody was going to ask any or say anything. Honestly, the thing is, for what we have with the current continuity and things like that and who dead man would be, it's fine. It's a throwaway line. doesn't take very long at all. It does its job, I think, to catch everybody up the idea. Like, hey, Wesley Dodd's familiar with Batman. You wouldn't need to catch him up, though. I mean, that's nothing anybody's going to say. Why would he know him? No, I kind of understand. Well, he was in death metal and got raised by Batman with the uh, black, uh, what's it called? The Black Lantern Ring. So maybe he knows him from there. That was just a little bit ago. But when you end up having all of this, it's just, again, though, you also get back to the idea of, hey, get this. Nobody got hurt because of the robots. I'm like, we're past this. You need to move on with the story. So we do get Wesley Dodd say, oh, my. I thought that that was a mystery that I took to the grave. It still haunts me. Why didn't you do anything with it the other years afterwards? He says, it was at the beginning of my career. Kind of let it go, but now now it's haunting me. But it's only there to give you this background so that you can get insomnia to go off to one of these cult sons, who kind of looks like he's on his deathbed anyway, but he's in the nightmares, to go in. He's, he's in his own little dream world where he's the king and young again, so that's where I would be as well. Well, that, that's the sexiest self, so he might be right near heaven. But again, there's there's no... More and there's wine, a, more gold, the dream is for me. The weird part is this would have been such a neat little aside that you could have shown a little earlier that Insomnia had tricked Deadman and was ending up following him and listening into his brain and things like that because there's no there's no real connection between this hey i had this cult whatnot and then insomnia just in this guy's nightmare it just ends up that josh williamson has to explain it first then we go to it and it just seems like again another forced situation but the situation too we don't like maybe they will explain it more in night terrors number three or the idea that when dead man only reason he went to wesley dodds because when he jumped in with insomnia's mind he saw wesley dodds there like there was a connection so it, even with like it seems like something that insomnia would already have known about like if you're assuming that he knew about wesley dodds and the cult back in the day they almost make it seem like these are connected, but they're not. It's just the idea of, oh, and even Wesley Dodslow doesn't know anything about it. He says nobody could be alive from there. No, so he's then dead. Insomnia he's goes fine. off to this kid, and who's now old, but goes in and basically shows up and says, hey, uh, w- w- where's the Nightmare Stone? I don't know. All right, I'm going to kill you. And then so saying, your, says your dad was, was actually, he pushes coins into his mouth. He ends up saying, hey, I think that you're... Dad was greedy, so he puts coins in him and then kills him. Classic <laughs> nightmare scenario. I'm telling you, this is either Freddy Krueger or a leprechaun. Freddy Krueger, a leprechaun, but doing it to not the guy that he's mad at doing it. He ends up saying, your dad was greedy and shoves a coin. It doesn't and even so work. Is, so are you. It does not work. He said, he's like, I just end up going and doing my thing. I want to get away from my dad. 
Uh, but yeah, you have that. Then they go and get the word off the terrific tech. They go there. I love this idea where Mr. Terrific's in the back to tank and they're like, uh-huh. man, he's the smartest guy ever. Wonder what his nightmares are. And then you just see a little you bit. See like, for a what paddle, that even a bunch matter? of monster Michael Holtz is attacking him. The worst nightmare you've ever seen for the, one of the smartest people alive. He's attacking himself. And on their jacket, it says, foul play. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's even different toxic it play. Is. It's just, I thought they were going to, oh, the smartest foul person play in the world. Foul play stuck out to me, though. Yeah, yeah. The smartest person in the world. I wonder what his nightmares are like. They go in, they're doing like algebra. Do you remember in that Jeremy Adams Flash story that we had? Maybe it was even the Flash 800 or the issue before that, where we had all those like um, anti versions of the heroes. So, like, but was the one guy called Foul Play? Yeah, it might have been. Okay. It might have been because I was thinking about that the entire time. And so this goes, and like I said, I wish that we had actually seen, you know, because Insomnia, I thought he's not that threatening to me. He's going around asking, "Hey, do you know where the Nightmare Stone is? Hey, Superman, do you know where it is? No, okay, I'll move on." Hey, I'll hey, guy. You. Hey, kid. Do you know where the Nightmare Stone? Oh, no. All right. Okay. I'll dead. go ask somebody else. Like, he's not really looking. He's just asking. But these people are dead, though. What one person is. He didn't kill Superman. So you well, end up all the other people kill Batman. I mean, he kills one guy because you can. But again, as the guy far was as like, I 90. know at this point in time, halfway through our, our Night Terror Spooktacular Submarine event, Batman somehow escaped his dream and jumped in Black Adam's dream. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> What's happening? But yeah, so I, I get it though. Insomnia, he is the god of nightmares. He ain't the world's greatest detective. So he's uh-huh. just walking around asking. But he's nowhere near, and it doesn't seem like he has really any plan to find it. And he's just kind of asking. But then we go, and, and that's why I said, I wish that we saw before this, because when he does go to this guy, I wish that he was peering in, like somehow within the, you know, mind of Dead Man and saying, Ooh, I trapped you. You thought you got me. But I actually you can even you play in the scene more where, like, you know, the, the line between dream and death is so close and stuff like that. They're able to peer in each other. Maybe that's the whole play with Dead Man and Insomnia. And that's why the connection is still open between them. That's the thing. The connection wasn't open. That I'm saying when all of a sudden he says, oh, no, I can still see his night. You should have done that before where Insomnia was actually, actually nefarious. Well, you can and looking infer in. the idea that Insomnia is having so. these visions as well. I don't think so, because the way that he plays out when he shows up, he seems kind of confused. It doesn't play like that. But you end up, oh, my God, I still see his nightmares. But this is just to give you origin. That doesn't really give you much again. You end up in perfect exposition. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's what it is. He can't figure out how to tell the story. So it's all forced. But you go in. He's you can Arkham never figure Tower. out how to tell a story when you know everything that leads back is a Lazarus planet. Once that's yeah, happened, that it's like, okay, true. it's fucked. Uh, uh, so you go before Poor City the, Boy. And this is before the Lazarus reign. So he goes and he flies and he's like, whoa, what's up here? And you do see the meeting between Insomnia and they're not supposed to call him John that. D. But, and John D. was like, my dreamstone, it ain't around. But the report comes in. The Justice League has returned. The Justice League has returned from the dead. And you Why did they always get to come back and we don't get to come back? The idea that we talked about in the first issue of Night Terrors, where it seems like John D. might have lost his family, let's say during Dark Crisis or maybe before, drove him insane. And now that he's in Arkham Tower, just kind of being medicated, because whenever he's awake, he seems to lose his goddamn mind. But they're like, you know what? The guy's been sleeping a while. Let's just keep him awake for a bit. Hey, John D., you guys got a lot in common with your dreams and your nightmares. Let's maybe turn off the TV for when that the just like return. Go well and in Arkham. He just loses saying, his right? mind. It's like, hey, Riddler and the Tricky, you guys should get together and play around a little. It'd be pretty cool. But yeah, they're talking. 
This is a funny play, hey, though. Hey, Riddler, meet the puzzler. Yeah, exactly. So you end up where John, or not John D. Insomnia. He, what? Why did they get to live? He throw. first off, he ruins their game of chess. He throws that. What an asshole. Nobody's you know he playing. was losing. He was losing. <laughs> no, he ends playing. up throwing it, right? <laughs> then he, the worst, he goes then and snaps the neck of a guard. He just snaps his neck. They tackle him after he's just yelling, and they sedate him. And then you have what looks like Jim Gordon moonlighting and Arkham Tower says, call security, which one of the guys is dead already, then prep the sleeping aids. Mr. Lucas needs to go back to sleep. He's too dangerous awake. Dead man's there is like, oh, my God, they're torturing him. I'm like, do you mean the guard who just died? Because I don't think you mean insomnia because I don't get that. I don't understand. Now, if you set up the idea that insomnia is a guy who, if he does go to sleep, his nightmares will get him. And now they're forcing that. But you never did this. So this idea, and it, it just keeps playing with that play. That by the end, it seems like Joshua Williamson is desperately trying to make us feel bad for insomnia. Mr. Mr. Lucas, Lucas, I am feeling bad for the guy. The guy just killed a man, or at least the guy's crippled. I don't know, but he snapped the guy's neck. That's why they said he wasn't him. in his right mind. This wasn't the idea, though, that he got up and said, no, that was he was in his right mind. He just saw the Justice League at that point. Now, if he got up and said, he gets. He's Justice not in Arkham League. Tower because he's in his right mind. Well, I'm saying that that's what are you going to do, though? If I'm in Arkham Tower and I snap a guy's neck, they're going to sedate me. And he's, oh, they're, they're, I just don't get it. I, it's just such a weird kind of way to try to make this a, you know, I don't know, a story that's going to twist and turn and probably get back to that. Oh, the staff of Arkham Tower, which should not even still be there, is abusing patients. So you end up just like all the that staff goes. at Arkham Asylum. But then again, when they're there at Terrific Tech, and how are you going to move on to the next bit? Well, you need the Sleepless Nights to go attack Well, you don't. For some reason, we have to say that, you know, Insomnia, well, he's back in the Nightmare Realm now. He lost, like, he lost his power to be here. That's why he needs the Nightmare Stone to manifest into the, like, the reality. But now he's lost his time. He's back in the Nightmares. But for some reason, these, I want to call them Nightmare Constructs, but I don't know enough about them because these feel like, you know, they're their own thing outside of Insomnia that are able to walk the waking world, the Sleepless Nights. They're a terrific tech. And they're going to prove how dangerous they are by ripping the head off of Red Tornado. <laughs> and, and yeah, and making them that. The thing is, they could be coldest from that cult that ended up continuing on, that they're being, you know, kind of. Guys were just I don't know. Well, I'm saying, I, do, I don't know that they're constructs. They don't seem the same as the I them. just know what that, that, the that Queen oh. was able to knight the robot man, make him the Rustbringer, where it mutated his body into a monstrosity. And that did make sense. So we, we know nothing. But again, the way that this goes, you're again forcing, oh my god, since I saw his nightmares, that means he knows where we are. Go get him, boys. And the, the sleepless nights go and like we we really didn't get much. We we found out stuff that we kind of already knew. Oh my god, Insomnia, he's mad. Well, even the idea, it's like, all right, I saw Wesley Dodds in Insomnia's mind. I'm going to go use some Lazarus resin that Batman has, probably just throw the rest on the ground because who gives a fuck? We don't need a return of the living. Who cares if there's a return of the living dead situation because I throw the rest of this in a cemetery. But I resurrect the Sandman, Wesley Dodds. Hey, what do you know about this nightmare stone? Because it's really a big deal right now. Well, I know back uh, you know, in the 1940s, I stopped the cult from manifesting it, and that's about it. Can I go back to be a dead now? Yeah, no, I love no, that no, he I even also, said. He I doesn't asked know a anything. couple guys. Yeah, I asked a couple guys, but I don't know anything. 
Okay, well, I'm going to take you back to your grave. Like, here. I really no, thought no, no. that Wesley Dodds, like, I'm telling you, maybe in issue number three, there will be a big revelation about this whole thing. But right now, bringing Wesley Dodds back, it seems like a big showy kind of presentation bringing the original Sandman back. Because, but it better mean something more than it did this issue. And you know, but what could it? This is Zombie the Sandman. Here we go. And a dead man Batman. We had the Lazarus resin in the Task Force C. And at points, you had certain characters taking it and they weren't themselves. They were, I wish that we just played that, that at the beginning, Wesley Dodds is still kind of zombied out. He's been dead for so long. And eventually he starts remembering a little to get somewhere. But at the end, he's like, I don't know where it is. And also just the idea. And this happens like a lot when people are, are saying something, try to keep a secret. Like little kids will do this because now a bunch of times they've said, oh, man. The Nightmare Stone, it's in the Nightmares. And then somebody will say, well, it could have Maybe it's in the, in, the, world. in the Waking World. It seems now that they're saying it too much. It's like a little kid, like, don't look in that closet for your present. I'm like, I think it's in the Waking World, and that'll throw everything off, especially those tie-ins. It better be in somebody's damn nightmare. It might be in his. Well, I don't as know. far as I know at this point in time, like, you know, maybe John D did something with the Nightmare Stone. The way it was presented in the first issue was like very it was no, it was very confusing because it really sounded like they're talking about the dream stone and how things work. But maybe he did the sacrifices to get the nightmare stone, you know, Dr. Destiny. And it is there. But as far as I know, because I don't know enough from what we've been getting, maybe it's not even manifested yet. And it's not even in the waking world or the fucking dream world. The first time it was mentioned, it wasn't. It was the second time it was mentioned in that first blood. They pretty much just said. He hid it. He was afraid of it and hid it in the nightmares of one of the heroes or villains. Boom. That And that seemed. But that's the thing. Okay. Is, it almost, it and almost then it changed. Like, I bet he did this. Almost like he, nobody was sure that he did, but he's, I'm pretty sure that he would have hid it into one of, one of his enemies' minds, right? Because that's no, what people do. I'm telling you, if you go back, it's insomnia just saying that's what it is. That it is what happened. I'm going to go search for that. Boom. Know. You get tie-ins. He doesn't know shit. That's what I'm saying. I don't know who knows less. Wesley Dodds, insomnia, or Joshua Williamson. I think they're all wondering what the hell is going on. Oh, my goodness. But we'll see. I, I, I really just, if it ends up being like a Leviathan big reveal at the end, like, what? Oh, my like God. Mark like, Shaw. Mark Shaw. Like, if oh it my ends God. up that if it's that oh, Nightmare it's Stone is in Mark Shaw's fucking head, it'll be amazing, even though the guy's dead. That would be great. Maybe he's alive again. It's in his dead bag. But raise him up. I don't know. But, yeah, again, you're you're really trying to push with these flashbacks through the mind of Deb. Again, let me remind everybody that's not really a power that he has, no. but you end up having but those. Because let's, say, way, but let's say he's able to because of the thin line between dreams and death. You let's can just say, say that. all that shit. Even so, what is he getting out of it? I wish he came out and he's like, weird flashbacks he doesn't understand. What was that? A repeat? Like, oh, what did you learn? Well, oh, he doesn't like the Justice League. Oh, shit. We knew that. Him. Well, remember when I start trying to put things together. Remember when he he had his own nightmares, and that's something we haven't really seen except for the time that Deadman jumped in. And he was in the world where he saw the Justice League as the horrors of yeah. his nightmares. Maybe we need to get more in his nightmares and see what else he's fucking pissed off about or whatnot because we just keep repeating. But by the end, you didn't progress much to end this first month of the story where I said before, most people aren't sitting and going, oh, man, I think that, you know, I've done my due diligence and my calculations here. I got my abacus out. I think it's in the Batman's nightmares. There's no way to even guess or say anything. Now, the only, thing, the only thing that I'm looking forward to 
coming up, and we've talked about it before and laughed, but we are going to get Damien in the Waking World Dream Warrior coming in in oh, yeah. issue three. So maybe things will pick up, but they they got to pick up. We only have a couple more issues so. left, and I don't even see a story is it number here. three, the final issue? No, we have four and then a. Oh, is it four? Okay. But four, I mean, the epilogue is three probably going to be an epilogue. Now, the, the epilogue's uh, because they have an extra month or an extra week. And, oh, right, uh, right. Annual sweep in August, so it works out for that. But I'm assuming that the story, maybe it won't. I'm assuming the story will end at four, and then you have, you know, pick up the pieces, but it might not be there. So we may actually have three more issues. But do something because. It's obvious that the tie-ins don't mean anything. Yeah, some people are liking them as just horror stories, but they're not making this feel like an event, and neither is the main book. What would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art in this looks great, and having Frank Dodds and, you know, just the idea of Dead Man and Batman's body teamed up with the zombie salmon, it's fun. Even when you have, like, you know, all right, let's go make this a trio. Here's Red Tornado. Oh, God, he's dead, too. There's some fun little aspects to it. Doesn't make a great story by any means. There's some fun little aspects to this book with some great art throughout. It's just overall you're not getting enough, and it's just some wow factor that doesn't go anywhere. Ultimately, I'm going to give it a five point eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm giving it a five. And even like, I think that the concept of Deadman and Wesley Dodd Salmon is fun, but you don't really get it. You end up where even in the page count of them actually interacting isn't much because they're either. Talking about the past or in a dream state that you're, oh, my God, you're not really getting much. Well, they're old men. It's not all old men do is talk about the past. I'm telling you that there's not really that much fun between them, though. Like the idea when I saw the solicits, I'm like, OK, it's dead man in Batman. And we're playing the idea at that point in the solicits that I think that maybe we were going to get this. But then they decided they couldn't. Batman was kind of going to be still in there. Like the idea they're both fighting a little odd couple in the Batman body, the way the solicits went. And I thought that might be fun with a Wesley Dodd Sandman, but we're not getting that. It, it ends up being, hey, no, like that's all he gets is, I'm dead man in here in Batman's body. Oh, okay. Let me move cool. on. There's not much to what it. What you know about this? Not much. Yeah, nothing. That's the problem is this event has a lot of dumb people in it. <laughs> There's a lot well, of people who just I'll don't know things. The weird part is you have all of this going on. I want to desperately like have a story that's unfolding before me. They're all the answers to the questions I have. And then I just find myself wondering, you think that Michael Holt was already in that Bacta tank? You think Red Tornado put him in there after he fell asleep? This is what I'm focusing on. This is the stupid shit I'm thinking about. <laughs> I start thinking of the idea that Batman had a protocol that was one of the, you know, he's always got an earlier brother eye working. That everybody was saved because Batman's robotic army that he's been building and hiding actually got, you know, boom, almost like a failsafe. They came too. But now how are we going to control him? And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's another robot apocalypse. Look, when this you, is you're always putting Batman down for Brother Eye and the Omax and stuff like that. If it didn't gain sentience, it was a good idea. But I... I <laughs> But I wish that, like, the idea of them having enough. I Look, wish it didn't that it was work like, out. Let's start over again. We can still make this brother eye work. Go that for it. We had this deal that everybody was saved by a Batman robotic army that he kept as a, you know, a contingency plan for something like this. But they don't want to be well, disconnected the is, at the end. That's, that's the thing is, well, if you're going to have that, you might as well just have Batman take over a function in the Fortress of Solitude where he's able to call the Superman robots out to don't take care do of that. shit. I mean, somebody should have had something. I mean, this idea that. We're you know, those fail-safe robots. That Red Tornado's like, thank God we need all the people we can. You, you have like eight people and <laughs> you're supposedly safe. And then later on, I forget what book starts to mention how awful 
the, the everybody falling asleep would be like a short order cook just falling down on the grill. That guy ain't getting saved. He's oh, still burning face. as we speak. <laughs> oh, I'm a five out of ten. <laughs> oh, but hey, I'm having a little more fun as we go through this. But I really do like that. When the sleepless nights show up, I have no fucking idea what they are, but they look cool as hell. That's the thing. It's, like, really it's, a, it's like a weird that. choice because they cut the power to terrific tech. So you have this really cool kind of glow that's only around I a few like things in total glow. darkness. Exactly. And it looks cool for an atmosphere of it, but I'm not going to be sitting in a lot. <laughs> no. And then the funniest thing is when they rip uh, Red Tornado out, and the way that the darkness was, I thought that he at first, I'm like, oh, no. They repro. Oh, that's what I thought too. Like I couldn't tell at first because of the darkness. Oh and God, that's just fine. And when he says it's way past your bedtime, I'm like, oh my God, are they using him like a, a puppet now? They got to Hey, who's got his hand up? Who's the dummy? But, I know, really. But uh, what are we going to now? Night Terrors, Action Comics number one, written by Leah Williams with art by Vasco Georgiev, Alex Gimerez, and Becca Carey. And this is for our first story because we do have a backup, and I'll talk about those creative teams when we get there. But First off, we have Leah Williams doing a Power Girl main story for our Night Terrors Action Comics. Well, I'll tell you this, this is the best thing that Leah Williams has ever wrote for, you know, Karen Star, Power Girl, or do you prefer Paige? Because I don't. I don't prefer a page. That's like me taking a bite out of two shit sandwiches and saying the one tastes a little better. I, I didn't. It's not even that I didn't like this. It just it doesn't mean anything. And again, I, it's a I can't. I can't disconnect myself from the idea that these are worthless stories that mean nothing. And even the nightmares themselves kind of sit there. I'm like, well, why would she think that? Why wouldn't she be upset that maybe she let everybody down? She was supposed to get not her fault, but she was supposed to help Cal and all. And and when we get this, it just ends up being the a mean guy chasing her. And oh, you're gonna have to be with me, lady. And I just I just tuned out. I really did. With I, a lot I of it, though, you, you see a lot of the inner ideas of you know. I, I don't want to call her Paige, but that's what they're going. But I'm just gonna keep going, Karen Star. But the idea that she feels like she's been abandoned, she's let people down in her life because everybody in her dream. And it's and the best thing about it too, when it's represented like this, it is classic dream scenarios where it does jump from one thing to the other to the point where the, the main person isn't really understanding. Like they just go with the flow. And even classic stuff like, all right, let's go over here. What's going on? Well, you're up on stage next. Where you go in the, like on stage in front of people, you don't know your lines because I've definitely had that goddamn nightmare before. And in the crowd is a bunch of demons booing you off the stage. You have a lot of things here, but you're also looking at the, like, the background of Karen Star coming from, you know, an Earth 2 Krypton because, you know, it's Kara Zor-El with just an L and not an E-L. So for who she is, her parents and how she perceives, you know, they thought about her, even though, like, you know, in reality, she knows that her parents loved her, but she's letting herself people down by, like, you know, what happened with her life and even the Earth 2 Kal-El Superman. And, like, these people present, it's, it's a weird situation to talk about because, I want to know how things work because we did have a Power Girl in, you know, the Earth 2 of the New 52, which is different than the old time Earth 2 before the crisis happened. I know, it's just it's just weird because you had that Power Girl who then gave powers to the, the, the current day Power, not current day, but what was the current day Power Girl, Tanya Spears, and that was the New 52 version. But this just seems to be the pre-crisis version, you know, coming after the, the crisis happened. So it's always such a weird thing how people play it off, but are we just going to say that that New 52 version of Karen Star never really happened? Or is it, did she, or did she go back to her Earth 2, which is a remade version of what Earth 2 used to be? Let's maybe just, Harley maybe erased go with her. that. Maybe, maybe Harley, Harley erased fish, her with her multiversal powers. Deal. And, and yeah. I think maybe one of the things that I end up 
getting and, and getting annoyed with a little. Maybe it's just me and a nitpick. First off, I mean, the idea, I don't find any of these scary, but that'd be kind of silly to think that it yeah. would be. But I'm not Honestly, a real horror. you're a scared kind of guy, though, so it's actually am, proud of you not, not for finding a scary. I'm not a horror guy, but when I end up seeing this, I I just I know what you play with with these things. I, I know the tropes and things like that, but a lot of times those tropes are uh, two teenagers that went to a camp and they started making sweet love. Eric, now they're on the run. They're throwing their shoes. These are heroes that have dealt with these things that immediately I think that they would realize. Now, they may not, but the, but the play of Tara going through this and knowing, well, my mom you know, and dad, this isn't them, and trying to fight back through it, I just feel like it almost ends up you have to suspend disbelief at that point. And I really can't when you're doing stuff like this where I know if she's all of a sudden on a stage where you have skeletons with super costumes on that she'd be like, something's wrong here. Like, let me get out of this. And it just ends up where it just feels goofy to me, not scary. Well, there's, that's some, just there's, a, there's a bigger thing going on in the background just because on top of the nightmare scenarios that she's dealing with with like, some random guy on Krypton that wants her to be like her to be his and she's he's gonna wreck her face and nobody else will love her. It is the idea too of being like only it is and like but who Power Girl is and like the idea that she is almost like a sex symbol, this object to a lot of people because she has that boob window and for like you know, as long as she's been around, the idea that all she is is her look. So that would be a scary situation here to deal with that for this, you know, because it doesn't matter who this guy is. It's it's John everybody, you know, just gonna, you know, object of it like, you know, making her an object and nothing more. But when you go through this whole thing, there is a background to the story where it seems where the nightmare wave would have happened. It seems that Karen Starr has put herself, I'm not going to call it a Bakta tank because we ain't got no water in it, but some kind of tank where she's inside this thing and constantly it wants to reboot because something's wrong with Karen. And all of this stuff keeps actually interrupting her own dream through the machine actually talking to her. So you have all this stuff going on. And I am curious to see what is going on with Karen at this point in time. Is it has something to do with the telepathy powers that Leah Williams gave her when she started but, doing it? But she's she trying got to do rid of those. She, no, she, she had them get rid of those. So I don't but no, understand. She had them, but she doesn't have the connection to Omen yeah, anymore. I'm telling you, I think that they even they, I I actually took that as uh, for some reason that that was just more of a nightmare that things glitched out when she was on the way to Earth because Leah Williams was going so far into that whole idea of her being taught by the you know the whole play of her. When she was heading off, I I don't know, I don't know. But then Omen's in it for you know suddenly these two are the dynamic duo together. Well, that's the thing. This is her current life, her roommate, even Streaky the Super Cat. There, you know, losing his goddamn mind and like you know becoming a demon cat from hell that blows a hole in Omen's body, only leaving Omen to laugh and become a monstrosity herself while spouting out the error things of the the chamber that she's currently in in the waking world. Man. Yeah, it's just in that system reboot. And again, Streaky was doing that before. That's just Streaky. Uh, but by the end, I just was like, oh, well, we'll see what's going on. I really didn't have any thoughts either way. Didn't really care for it. Got through it and said, all right, I'm the done with that. The art looks great, too. Yeah, the art looks pretty good. Uh, but the backup, a lot of people love the backup. Uh, I didn't really like it. But you go into the credits, Eric. Go well, the backup, I think, is actually still fun, too. And it's, it's just such a weird idea that we are doing a Night Terrors, but we're we're not play, almost playing it like it's an actual action comics, even though we're only going to have two stories. But, like, it, it's weird the things that we actually have to focus on for an action comics because of how that book's being presented. But the the right, the uh, the creative team for our backup is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with R5, Biko Soyan, Biko Asio, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Dave Sharp. And this is our Superman family story where we have the super twins, Kong Keenan, Connor Kent, uh, Natasha Irons, and who else is there in this? I think that's just it. I don't know. Kalex. They're watching scary movies while Clark and Lois are out. And I just had to think to myself, like, 
As well as just at the Daily Planet at this current time, the Superman falling to the ocean when the nightmare wave hits, because it's such a weird idea, because we have our Superman family watching this, and Tasha's like, hey, Connor, you think we should be letting these kids watch these harmonies? Like, oh, they're fine. Nothing bad's happened. They've lived on Waterworld. And anyway, Con Keenan's learned so much English out of this. It's, it's amazing for everybody. But with everything that's been going on in the action comics with Cyborg Superman, it seems that the one super twin, Ossel, He's terrified of Hank Henshaw, and he has every right to be, because Hank Henshaw is a goddamn scary man in or out of a nightmare. But for whatever reason, when everybody decides to turn the horror movie off and have an old-fashioned sleepover because the kids are afraid, also goes into his nightmare where Connor Kent has disappeared, and for whatever reason, he has become the cyborg Superman and also his dream, and they're going to have to fight him through this whole thing. I just don't know, understand why Connor Kent is the main big bad of this whole thing. And then everybody's in his dream as if, you know, it's their dream as well, like we said again, about this I, I don't know if deal. It, I don't know if it's a combined deal or these are just dream constructs inside Oso's mind because this is what he knew before he went to bed. Yeah, I think that it's I think that they're there. I, I don't I think that they're gonna play that only because you also have at the end like some other things that people would be afraid of themselves and stuff that maybe also wouldn't know. I don't know. But you end up by the end, you get a lot of Freddy Krueger stuff. You get a lot of one-liners. Why Connor is what he is, I don't know. If just, that's it's, it's, just Osul's dream, but he's not there at the end. That's what the such, weird play is. It's such a I, weird idea because you have those characters, and even Crypto was there, but for some reason when Osul first wakes up, he's looking around, oh, my God, Connor and Crypto are missing. We better find them. Oh, my God, there's a Connor Cyborg Superman. And the thing is, I didn't even realize it was a Connor Cyborg Superman until they said it because this this is a monstrosity of a thing. Because he has the side of his head shaved and he's supposed to know that they're like, and like, I say side of his head shape, but he only has one side of his goddamn face. The rest is a cyborg. So this is supposed to be the thing that I'm supposed to realize and glean that this is Connor Kent. So thank God they eventually said it, but like, oh my God, it seems like Oso wakes up and then everybody's like, what's wrong with the sky? And then we're in a nightmare world where there's a war world in the sky. There's bloody Superman symbols everywhere, like the death of Superman. The, the ground's on fire. The entire city's on fire. Lightning's pouring down. And out of nowhere, it's welcome to prime time, bitch, as Connor Kent Cyborg Superman comes out of the TV with his, with his cyborg crypto monstrosity. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know what's going on. I couldn't even tell, like, was the nightmare way behind? Yeah, I got a little confused. But again, is the it the whole thing, too, where... Let's just say like, the, we don't understand the rules because the first start, few books that we saw, it seemed to be you're in a nightmare and that's it. And then some books be like, oh, but th- this person's also in this person's nightmare or vice versa. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. And the thing that gets me with that and the thing and just to interrupt you a second, the thing that upsets me about that is because you're playing with the idea of death in somebody's dream means that they die in the real world. But now I don't know if people are really there or not. And it seems like they're combining. So say Keenan died here. I, I'd be all upset at for but oh oh I didn't but realize is he that's just, just a figment of Oso's imagination, saying. and that's what really screws or, up that really big rule of if you die in the dreams, or can if you let somebody die in your dream, they die anyway. I don't or know. Is like, every few people, like let's just say one in twenty people, or at least super people, they're just like you know uh, Kristen and Dream Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, the Dream Warriors, where she has the ability to bring people into her dreams, and they can all stay together in one nightmare and be the Dream Warriors. Well, the thing is, if you actually thought and clevered it up and said, okay, this character would have been good because they could be a dream warrior, that would have been neat. Right, Eric? Yeah! But <laughs> it's just kind of willy-nilly and you never know. And again, I'm not going to blame the writers of the times because they don't seem to have much guidance and they're just going with what they're going with. But 
this is why I said it doesn't feel like a cohesive whole with all these, yeah, nightmares. But then some people are waking. Well, some people are in nightmares, but they got other people. Some bit, it just doesn't come together. So at the end, I was like, you wondering, is this just Oso's dream and they're not there or are they there? Or we, and so that, and that's not a great way to end the first part, not really knowing. Let's just say this: When Natasha tries to like steal up right there and take on the cyborg Superman, and he's like, she gets to like you know her arm turned around and hurt, and things started falling off her. Like, what's going on? And then when cyborg Superman says, "The rules are very different here," does he mean just that or everything? Uh, I I think he means (laughs) in the whole event. (laughs) They end up like, "Hey, man, that's not the rules that they had in Detective." We ain't a detective, bitch. Welcome to Action Comics, bitch. That's I'm all I need. You, I'm telling you, this the cyborg Superman by the end becomes Freddy Krueger. You're like, the other one was right. This place is a nightmare. <laughs> Your nightmare. In this place, I can do anything to you that I can imagine. And this goes like, I'm going to consume every last one of you. And your little dog, too. <laughs> That's what it ends up with. It, it's just such a crazy deal. You, my pretty <laughs> and your little soul, too. I actually want, <laughs> since we have Deadman playing it up. new nightmare. I need Deadman to just pop in when shit goes like that. Like, all of a sudden, combined, just like, Night chairs, bitch. <laughs> He's like Freddy, and that just disappears. Or just make an insomnia. I'm telling you, for some in. reason, th- we've been bitching about the rules nonstop, but maybe that's something we have to stop doing because it's never going to work out. This is like a Superman family book. We'll have the Superman family in there. Maybe I can even just think to myself for like to make things even better. So this was dreaming. People just here because this is what he knows what would be in his but dream. I want to know. Have these- the cyborg Superman come out of a TV, Freddy Krueger style. When you have the toaster grow fucking spider legs and spider legs come out of lamps, and all of a sudden these metal tentacles come out of the oven now and grab I'm the super of that and try to pull them in. Web over at Marvel, <laughs> which was my least favorite thing ever. But it just the idea, though. Again, I I'm not it's a continuity cool kid like you, but I need something to make sense. And we're just jumping into these, and you have no idea by the end what the hell's going on. We don't even know who's in this dream for real or not. And that's a problem, but I guess you can have some fun with it. A lot of people did. And the thing I is, did I did have a lot of fun with both the Power Girl and the action, like the uh, Superman family stuff. Is it like, you know, revelatory with what we're getting? No, it's just nightmare fun because these books have turns out that they really don't mean much. Like, as far as I'm concerned, they're no Night Terror's Ravager right now, but I can like think that the art is great in all of these stories, um, you know, all two of them. But I can also look at these kind of say, we did some fun stuff with there. Even the idea that we're focusing on Oso, where we don't have to actually tell any in-depth stuff. This is the latest thing that the Super Twin dealt with. One of the heaviest stuff since he's been on Earth with the cyborg monster. This is a perfect nightmare for him to deal with, especially like concerning the Superman family. But something that after that story ended abruptly to get the night terrors, if you're a, a fan of action, is that what you want then? That you have two issues then of Oso's nightmare? That's just what we just saw. That we I would have made a John Kent of. instead of Connor Kent, though, because of the idea where John like is He's jealous of them. He's I, I know, there, so that's why I think that they're the real people in here. I, I well, don't know. Because e- even the idea where it's it's Cyborg Superman's the big bad of this dream, like you know, Connor, you know that's not my name. Connor's part of me now, bitch. And I'm like, is it like? So is Connor in this dream already? As the dream starts, a part of the Cyborg Superman Insomnia Nightmare Man. <laughs> I started thinking because only one book has shown this, but it was what you mentioned, Ravager, where, hey, I ended up getting Deathstroke to help me out in the nightmare. Like, I'm thinking, is Cyborg Superman on the deal? But they never say anything, so no. by the end, it really doesn't mean anything. Well, that's and- the thing is, 
Is there a thin line between the no, Phantom Zone and the Nightmare Realm? There's a thin realm? line before me coming over and beating your ass. I, one of the one person actually made me step back and think of things, and it was at the very beginning of this where we were complaining. Oh my God, Batman! He's got the pearls. Like I think that this Night Terrors has done the job of beating you down so much that you're actually going with the flow now. Of, hey, I don't care if it's nothing. I'm in. But the idea where they said, well, maybe. Where you think it's a jumping off point for people, maybe, you know, Dawn of DC, maybe what they're trying to do is show in a weird way origins of these characters through nightmares, like a Batman and that. I'm like, I don't know. I think you're giving them too much credit. But when you get further who on, who needs to see like the origin this, of Batman again? Well, again, when you get further on, I realize that it's not what they're doing because somebody who doesn't know anything about Page is not really going to understand really that much in Let's that story as go with LPG. Or if you're not following action comics, you're just like, oh, I, I heard this was cool nightmare things. So you're really not going to know what's going on. But you're going to probably giggle at some of the lines and things like that. But when you're involved Especially with all the Especially since books, Philip Kennedy Johnson made the Superman family story so nightmare on Elm Street, like more than anybody else. And we've well, had a lot of tried that to be. solicit. And I think he's like, fuck, <laughs> it sounds like we all said it. It sounds oh, yeah, like nightmare that's why on Elm Street. I got a lot of Freddy so story oh, sounds yeah. worse. So in, in the play, though, it's just one of those things that if you are, you know, wondering why, at least I'm so frustrated with this, I think that if you are reading all the books, you know, that we do, we were going into it, and you have these, and then you get to this, and there's so much nothingness in these tie-ins, I, I, I just get frustrated, where if you're only reading action comics, you may pick up Batman and say, man, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, I know this. Like, a lot of times when you read a book and you haven't been reading stuff, you do kind of want Something that you can understand So the pearls and the other Hey, it's great, but we've had that so many times And then in this, it's just You know, I just need something to, to feel Just to have insomnia show up at one point in these And go, ooh, you keep them occupied I'm going to look in this closet for the nightmare stone That would do a lot for me Like, you just see them in the fridge Looking for the nightmare stone But you get nothing And so you just realize it's nothing And it gets frustrating And I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel coherent with everything. But what would you give? Oh well, no, the thing is, it's never going to be coherent because the writers don't it have any been. idea. I'm saying though, but there was no interaction between any of the writers. They're like, How hey, go do, do a an nightmare event like that. Well, like, what's the background? Ah, uh, don't worry about it. Just wing it, and everybody just wung it. <laughs> yeah, and they wung it all right. Uh, what would you give this? Seven point three out of ten. The art's amazing in both, and I think they're both fun nightmare stories featuring the characters they have. I'm a five, five out of ten. But we'll move on to the next one. And the last book of this section, and it is Detective Comics, Night Terrors, Detective Comics number one, read by Dan Waters, art by Ricardo Frederici, Brad Anderson, and Steve Wands. We get a Jim Gordon story, and I, I saw a lot of people really liking this, and it goes in the play. But we're not in a Night Terror story. Well, and we are, but we aren't, and I, I don't know what's going on. The, the whole play of this, though, is... Dan Waters, we actually liked a couple. So we liked the Azrael thing that he ended up doing. But oh yeah, that was fun. We we didn't love that it Arkham ended kind City. Kind of like lame, but it was you know all right. But we didn't like the Arkham City. We really didn't like the backups and Detective. That plays heavy on this. And people love that Arkham City, but I stopped reading Arkham City because it was written like this is written with the over narration. And that's my problem. To be this flat, so like yeah. it wants to be over the top. Ramby somehow he is. Out Ram being Ram B with the dialogue that he has in this for the narrative. Not even that, just the narration. Like, like you can't come out and say what you actually want to say. So you have to have all of this stuff that fills up the page. And I'm like, 
Can you just show me what's going on? I don't even need you anymore because it's just, it's over the top, especially when we go with what this Jim Gordon backup story to the, what Detective Comics was with this kid Sparrow who's an Ark of Asylum that has this weird stuff. I had to stop reading because it became all this over the top nonsense. Did you and laugh when it's like the idea that they want you to have feels because Sparrow and a nightmare or whatever? I was so happy that Sparrow died in this because of the thing is, I can't even tell you it's a nightmare. Well, I couldn't it's tell you anything in July. Going, Why it's would it be July. snowing in July? What? But the thing is, we have weather goddamn villains that do kooky shit all the time. Even Jim Gordon. Let's say, let's, let's just fucking play devil's advocate for me here. The idea that in a world where the nightmare wave never happened and it is snowing in July with everything that all of these characters and everybody in fucking Gotham has experienced, I can see them just going with the flow that it's snowing in July because crazy shit happens in the DC universe. Snowing in July is not something that tells the me that, that this is a nightmare. The way that they pointed out, it's a nightmare to get through. He is not, you say he's upping, he's Ram Z. It's what I'm going to call him from now on because it's just over the top. And it, it, it's an oversized issue, too. And it slogs through. And you're trying to be fancy with this, you know, analogies and metaphors when really all I wanted to see was, oh, my God, he brings up his son. What's going on with Barbara? You get the oh, rookie suit and you bury it in all this. You start talking about the idea that freaking um, James Gordon Jr. is alive again. And I'm like, I want to know more about era. that. But yeah, that's the nightmare. thing. It's, it's a nightmare because that could be something that's really cool in the present day. But okay, besides for snowing in July, again, I can make it work for Waking World shit because it's fucking weird. And I can just say that this is a random ass story. Jim Gordon not fit in the night starts tears. to fall apart like a China doll. This is a nightmare. But it really, I'm with you, though. It doesn't play out well. I'm saying, though, the thing that him falling apart like a China doll outside of a nightmare actually goes with the story that they're actually talking about, where he was during in a blast of these extra dimensional beings that were bestowing powers and freaking stuff on the people where he is falling apart because of the magic that he's used. And even with that, let's just say. It's a guy writing a nightmare and doesn't know the rules of what's going on because he was never told, just like all these. I I want more than anything for this to be a nightmare because. The idea that these good people of Gotham who have some have come together to summon these extra dimensional beings, they want to have powers bestowed upon them to make Gotham a better place, whether it be through power, knowledge, or wealth, in order to make Gotham better. That is their whole shtick, these freaking occultists. But they summon fifth dimensional beings. I'm like, we don't know what fifth dimensional beings are if we read DC Comics because that's an actual place where, you know, people like Mixelplick and Bat might come from and stuff. These are nightmare Cthulhu fucking HP Lovecraft creatures that come out of here. I'm like, I don't even know what you're playing on anymore. And I can only hope that this is a nightmare and Jim Gordon just doesn't know anything about the fifth dimension. He goes with fucking HP Lovecraft monsters. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm looking at it. The nightmare is that I thought that we were actually going to get a detective comic story that might be, you know, kind of fun. And then what you get is almost like you said, it's almost like the idea that Ram V has such a stranglehold on Detective Comics that you got to Ram Z it when the nightmares come. And it just is overdone. The art, and I'm, you know, I jump back and forth with Ricardo Frederici because sometimes I think that he doesn't tell a great story with the static art. It's actually pretty good here. I, I like actually like a lot. a lot of the panels and it does have a lot of movement to it. Almost feels like he dialed back some of them to get that, though, which I really did like. But the idea, it, it just ends up, you know, power, wealth, or money. Then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, power, I remember this knowledge lady, or money. I remember this lady, Angelica. I got to get to her. Oh, no, she's spitting up diamonds. Oh, my. Well, well, even, Where's even Mr. The idea, Baseball, Eric? He's even the, the idea diamond. that we have this, this woman, Angelica, who was the one who wanted wealth, and she gets like, you know, one of the Wishmasters fucking wishes from that horror series. But like the idea, 
I, I've asked for wealth and now I can't stop puking up diamonds and it's cutting me up inside. It's this terrible existence. And I'm like, all right, one of the guys happened to know us, throw a name out there, Angelica. And for some reason, Super Detective fucking Jim Gordon and all of the city knew exactly which Angelica you were talking about and went to her. I know. I, I, even right when they showed the sorrow, Superstar, and it's like, oh, he's dead. Oh my God, you better, you better watch out. Everybody's going to be mad about that. I thought there was going to be as much of a hoopla over that death that there was of Kamala Khan because everybody I'm, loves the I'm sorrow. I'm sitting there when Sparrow died. I'm like, Sparrow, thank God. I, I forgot hurt. his name. I said sorrow. Is it sorrow? Actually, I think it is sorrow. For some reason, I want Sparrow for some reason like because Sparrow of that. I more. He I think I want Sparrow just because of that. That uh, I think he has a bird tattoo on his back. I'm pretty I, sure. for, I think that's where my I mind am. went. But let's just yeah, say sorrow. sorrow. Now, the idea of when he dies, I'm like, thank God I hardly knew ye. <laughs> At one point, I was upset because I thought Gordon broke his glasses. He can't see without his glasses. I, 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 he's going. I just don't get it. He's going through the cell, and I'm like, okay, here's the the difference. And I have to just. You have Philip Kenny Johnson, right? He's doing one of the better stories during you know a bunch of this, even before the Dawn of DC. Again, you know the War World people like that, but the Dawn of DC is doing that, and he gets the call. Hey, we need to do nightmares, and right away he's like, let's have fun. Let's yeah. do Freddy. I didn't love it, but he at least he was like. Okay, if I don't know anything about I'm just going to have fun. It sounds a lot like Freddy Krueger. I'm going with it. Dan Waters gets and he's like, all right, let me bore the shit out of Jim. That's what I think he's doing here just to get back at me for some reason. What did I do to him? (laughs) I mean, it's like the idea of like, just just imagine, though, that you have this free reign of a nightmare deal. And then this is what you come up with because you want to be fancy. You These things are going to be forgotten in two weeks. Have fun with it. Even the idea of like, you know, you wanting to be fancy, all right? I kind of got excited for this Detective Comics Night Terrors issue because you told me last week what the solicit was where Jim Gordon is going to be dealing with the rookie costume from yeah. when he was freaking Batman during the, the fucking, what was that called? Uh, DC, the uh, DCYOU. DCYOU. Yeah. yeah. I was going to call it DC now for some reason, but the DCYOU era of Batman when Jim Gordon was Batman in his robot buddy fucking suit. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I love the rookie suit, whatever that pops back up. But even when you have this good people, this this fucking tribunal of fucking assholes who want to summon these fifth dimensional monsters, he asks for power. For some reason, he is given a demonic rookie suit, and it that's took me the almost weird half the to issue. even realize it's that right. Well, that's the thing. I'm looking at this this monstrosity, this monster man that he's become, and I have to, it took me forever to realize. Oh, that's supposed to be the rookie suit. You can barely tell for how this has been monster like turned into a monster. Like, is that the drowned? From the, uh, it started looking like weird shit And then I'm thinking, god darn it Why couldn't you have had, oh my god What are you doing, Gordon? Why are you back in the rookie suit? They even almost have it here They have that, what? yeah Yeah, But he's like, what? I'm not in it And then he takes it down and opens up the visor And it's him inside, Eric It's like Luke Skywalker Oh my goodness <laughs> gracious Or you find out when he opens it up It's Jim Gordon Jr. And he's doing that because he wants to impress his dad. And it's the only, oh my goodness, I'm already, I'm liking those stories even just nonsense better. This, I'm with you though. All of a sudden I'm like, the fuck, oh, that, remember the whole deal was that Jim Gordon tracks, (laughs) this is what the solicitor said, he tracks down the rookie suit, but it's a rookie suit fused to the flesh. This just looks like a demon. Just yeah. looks like a demon. Just you can nonsense. barely tell at certain panels that this is supposed to be the rookie suit. I at love all. there's like these lit up things that are supposed to remind us of those missile launchers, but they're not. Well, even the, not even the missile launcher. Like, weren't they like 
like police lights on him as well. I go with missile launcher. They might pretend that they were lights, Eric, but when when the shit hit the fan, they're missile launchers. But even then, I'm like, what is going on? Just <laughs> start fifth dimensional shit. It's just like I, I don't get it. And Jim Gordon is in the area when these monsters bestow these gifts, and for whatever reason, it's causing Jim Gordon's skin to crack like glass, so he's falling apart literally as the series the issue progresses. And and I'm not here. And again, when, sounds like nightmare stuff. But when you throw in Cthulhu, freaking gods and monsters, shit, it's almost like too mon- much. It gets like too magical much. powers on the people, and like this weird stuff. I'm telling you, I can go with the idea this is just a fucked up day in Gotham outside of the Nightmare Wave. Yeah. Especially for all the crazy shit that we had in the Detective Comics backup with Jim Gordon. And and so when when we get this, and I'm not here to insult people, right? If you like this, that, that's the thing. Time. You have your reasons, right? But seriously, you get the same assholes uh, giving the review scores. I'm saying these guys, not the listeners. Uh, 10 out of 10s. Because anytime they read something that they have a dialogue that they can't understand because it's fancy, it's a 10 out of 10. It, oh, my God. They had a narration that's used a metaphor. 10 out of 10. It's just nonsense. This doesn't make sense. Uh, but what would you give it? Ultimately, like, again, I, I think the art is great, even with the idea that I didn't get the like to understand that there was supposed to be a demonic rookie suit initially. I only put that together, I think, because I was waiting for the rookie suit to show up because you told me about it in solicits last week. And that's how I think I did it. But this whole thing with this kid's sorrow and Jim Gordon, that's been going on too long for me because I stopped caring about it. So I stopped reading the Detective Comics backup. And with what we have current, like, you know, currently going with Jim Gordon, he's kind of boring. Like, I don't want, I have not liked anything to do with this Jim Gordon ever since he will stop being Commissioner Gordon because he's just kind of like, maybe I even, I liked him a bit in the Joker series where he was hunting down the Joker. But after that, it's just been a big nothing burger for me. Because he doesn't have anything going on. But that's why I thought the rookie suit idea might have been a cool play. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, they talked about him being Batman like 100 years ago, fucking a few times. This is your like, yeah, yeah twice we get it he now. Says but, the same line. But like, it's, it's weird. But like, in the beginning, when he is at the gravestone of James Gordon Jr., talking about how he failed him, it's, it's normal Jim Gordon stuff. We, like, we deal with that all the time. But it felt like a personal connection to him. And then when he talks about the line of him coming back, I'm like, Holy shit, we're doing some good stuff right now. And I was waiting maybe for the nightmare wave to hit. Like, this seems like it's all, like, awake stuff that's going on at that point in time. But the nightmare wave must have already hit and never hit at all. Who knows with this whole book? I find myself very confused because, again, I know it's night terrors. We're all supposed to be in the nightmare right now. And it makes sense because there's some weird shit going on. But for everything that's going on in this book, when you have this fancy kind of, like, gothic kind of Batman-esque stories in Gotham, this is a, 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 a just another fucked up day in Gotham. I can also take it as that. Yeah, the weird play, and you say that, and that kind of is what I was talking about last week, but couldn't really put it into words. And now I'll tell you, and saying that there's no cohesive whole with these tie-ins, even if they don't tie in to the main book, what we don't get is what we got in that convergence when we got the that earthquake. earthquake. It yeah. set everything and the timeline of we knew when things were happening. These the books, point. no matter what, these books all should have had the nightmare wave. It, so we know that if they go to a nightmare, that's when they did. And if they were able to fight it off, they can just exactly. It. We have the people in the waking world that were able to overcome or not be affected but by the nightmare still wave. See the deal, so that you know where you're exactly. Standing. That's you can't have things like this. Well, I'm telling you, you can just anybody can come up to me and say, obviously, it's a fucking nightmare. You look at the crazy shit going down. Like I read Gotham by midnight. Crazy shit happened all the time in that goddamn book without nightmare waves. So I could also I could tell myself this is another fucked up day in Gotham. And weird shit's there, and nobody's there to take care of it besides for Jim Gordon, and that can work. But 
I'm telling you, I just find myself confused looking at amazing art telling a dark story that may or may not be a nightmare, uh, nightmare book. So I'm going with four out of ten. Yeah, I'm going four out of ten as well. I'm going with you, like I said about the Paige Fowler girl, PG, where I said they've gone through this stuff. Like, you know, they should be able to at least recognize maybe they had fail safes in for doing this. That's one thing. But like you're saying, I didn't even think of the other part where you're saying about this. We have seen way more fucked up shit than some of these nightmares. So when you do get something with Jim Gordon and Gotham, like you said, who knows? You've seen worse there. So there's nothing to tell you if it is or not. And that's oh, a, an editorial even mistake. Even Batman and the Brave and the Bold had a nightmare wave, and that's not even a part of the event. And maybe, and, and maybe, that's, maybe that's one of the things where I'm starting to get an epiphany, Eric. I'm having my own nightmares. The idea where I said, I'm not even scared, and I made a joke, you know, why but but it's that play of I'm more wondering, like when you're reading these, I can't even really get invested because I'm, half the time I'm wondering on the side of my head, is this the nightmare or is it not like you're saying what's the detective? And I can't really invest myself in the story because I'm so confused about where they are, what they are. It even happened in that backup by Philip Kenny Johnson wondering, OK, and that was one of the things where I've had a problem with a lot. Whose nightmare is it really? And I was waiting for one of those weird ones to happen. Like at the end of Action Comics next month, it was Crypto's nightmare all along. Like we're going to oh get my. a weird twist. It's going to end up being like the autistic kid with the oh, stove the club. Are gone. Exactly. Like I'm telling you, like all of a sudden things get wacky. But some of these I'm kind of wondering, like, whose nightmare really is it? And why this? And it, it's kind of a weird play. But really, overall. Huge editorial mistake. I'm not blaming any of these writers or even Joshua Williamson. Editorial oh, should have made sure they should have made sure that that wave hit at the beginning of each issue and then show the repercussions, either people falling down asleep or saying, man, what was that? Luckily, I could end up fighting through it. Because even in this detective, when I first started reading it, I really thought, I don't know why it works, but it went with the robot deal. That Jim Gordon's just, you know, he's lounging around, he's doing his shit. All of a sudden, this <laughs> nightmare wave he sees, it's got, and he jumps in the rookie suit. Somehow that saves him because it's a robot there, and he's and able to do things. That would have been cool. I'm like, somehow he was down. <laughs> I don't know. Why. He would happen to be at Luke Tech, and Luke was still fucking around with the rookie suit. You know what else? And you, you said it about the, the commissioner deal. And my, it's funny because Jim Gordon, he's obviously an integral character. Right. He's a very popular yeah. character. And yet they strip him of everything. But now they have to finagle his way and just let him be. I know Renee Montoya, whatever, but let him run against that Nakano and become mayor of oh, Gotham. Mayor Gordon? Just let him yes. do that. Mayor Gordon, make him something that means something. Not this way, because every time he shows up, it's always like, well, I'm not supposed to be doing this now. But I'm going to do this now. He, he's working with Harvey Bullock out of a ass fucking hole, like a, a detective agency. And unless you're going to do a book about that, you're not then doing fucking, anything that's great what I'm with saying. It. Yeah, you're not doing anything with it. Like, it's even worse that you can't even have Harvey Bullock on the force anymore to have his dopey ass walk around just making me smile because he go, he's such a slob. Yeah, he's just a slob. I, I think Renee would reach out maybe. Yeah, I guess you can't. But the thing, like, even when you had, don't want him back. remember, even when you had with the Orgums, oh no, the Orgum Tower, we hardly knew you. Jim Gordon comes running in. Renee, you got to stop this. She's like, I can't be seen with you. Get out of here. I'm like, what happened? I mean, this guy, you got to get Alfred up from the dead and get Jim Gordon to be mayor. Boom. That would make so many people happy, but that's not how it works. Uh, They don't try to make me happy. They're trying to. Or as I read for some reason, Sparrow. Sparrow. 
so funny that what does it matter? And and really, I am hoping, like you said, you're hoping that it is kind of a, I'm hoping it's real because I want that guy out because I don't really like it. Well, that's the thing is, it's like it makes sense to me for it to be real, but I want it to be a nightmare just so that fifth dimensional shit makes sense because I'm saying they come from the fifth dimension. I'm like, that's all we do in DC Comics is fifth dimensional shit. Why would you ever say that and make it these nightmare creatures? It's Gordon Mike is going to come out. That's Gordon Mike. Um, no commission. That's, that's, that's it for the first section of the book. Hey, there you go. We're going to go off. Obviously, the good books of the week are, are in the second section, right? Obviously, Eric? right? As we I, I go like off, the comics. We'll be back with Titans. What do we have? Titans, Angel Breaker, and uh, Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Back. Oh, my goodness gracious. But we'll be back with those in just a moment. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shake. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every shape. No, I just decided no night terrors, Eric. I'm getting Fair rid enough. of it. I'm getting rid of the scary stuff. And actually Weird. that, so that I like is those a little, songs. No, I don't really have another new one. I ended up thinking there was one that I was thinking of using the stuck in the middle with you that I might have for next week for you. That'd be kinda cool. You right? needed kinda a new cool. one, but you played this song all the time and that was fine. Well, we haven't played it in a while because of this night tear, so I went back to that and actually it, it put a smile on my face because for two seconds I realized or forgot that we had night tears. But we're back here. We're back with the night tears. Night tears is are. where it's at, Jim. Get on the trolley already. Yeah. Night tears is where it's at. We could do that. Summer <laughs> ween. It's what I'm telling you. It's where it's at. That's what we'll do. I, it's summer ween. I, I even was thinking of like, okay, ween between. Well, all right. Figure something out, but. Right now, I didn't have it, Eric. I didn't have it. Instead of, how about Killer Queen? Well, maybe. It's a little tough Summer to Summer Wee-Heem. Ah, here we are. I can't do it, but. Here we are. Dream Warriors. We could do that. I mean, I, that's uh, all I've been wanting to do. Don't even have to do a parody. Just do it. But. I just want to do docking all the time. Well, docking now all the time and all the time. I guess there's not much more than all the time. I don't know where I was going with that. But where are they going with the night tears, Eric? That's what everybody's been asking. Oh, my goodness gracious. Like, could we get a Titans book that tells some rules and makes some caveats? Here we go. We we, we can get a Titans book. That's as far as you're going. (laughs) It was funny because a lot of people, me and you, with all the stuff that we have to do, you know, say other podcasts who are playing Dead by Daylight. Uh-huh. We don't read the books. I can't read them beforehand. That's that's the biggest thing. And Word people actually ask me, hey, you should read it early so we can talk about it. But then I'm going to have to read it again anyway. I don't want to torture myself like that. So with that, I heard a lot of people, man, hey, can you ask Eric who this girl is in the Titans book? He hasn't read it. He hasn't read it. But you did end up looking at it because we were talking about it on the Patreon spotlight. And I, I really was hoping, you, oh, you don't, you're like, I don't know who the hey, hell look, it is. And I, is. I paged through it before the spotlight, and I realized I have no idea who the hell this is. Maybe once I read it, it'll be different. I read it today, <laughs> I have no idea who the hell this girl is, and I don't think it matters. No, it's just somebody that Raven has soul yeah. binded with to do the thing. That's all it is. It's like a makeshift way to have Raven not there, but they, 
Could have just been Raven. Eric? What are the rules? I know. I, I At the end of it, I'm like, why wasn't it Raven? And why did she look so much like Donna Troy? <laughs> it makes any sense. I was just but... trying to even make her look like Raven. Like, I squinted a oh, little yeah. bit trying to make this just Raven. Like, Rachel, where the soul self wasn't there, separated this whole thing where the soul self was talking to her, where the magic was. This is the individual. Ra- I was trying to make things work. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. And then I am. Uh, well, we'll get into it. Give us the credits, and then we'll jump right into it. Night Terrors Titans, number one, written by Andrew Constant with art by Scott Godlewski, Ryan Cody, and Wes Abbott. And in this story, like we just said, there's some random woman being led by Raven, who we'll find out by the end is, you know, the voice in her head telling her how to do things. But she is able to break into the Nightmare Titans Terror, 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 the Titans Terror. There you go. The Tower of Terror here. And where she's trying to figure out how to go through these different nightmares inside the Titans Tower to unlock all of the Titans heroes so we can figure out what the hell is going on and maybe fight back. And essentially, Let's move on because that's the entire story. She's going room to room that's in a the, tower. That's the weirdest show, thing, right? Hey, look, there's a nightmare cyborg who doesn't know who he is showing a mirror of his true self. Oh, my God, I'm cyborg. Let's go up another level and get our next hero. Okay, let's do it. Look at yourself. Okay, I'm Starfire. Oh, no, my mirror broke. Well, I'm going to tell you who you are because Raven's inside you, Beast Boy, and you're going to figure out how to be yourself. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I like that they're like, I am what I am. Like the Popeye. That's all I thought about it for the some reason. The funniest thing, same with me, but when, when I'm going through this, and I'm glad that me and you are finally on the same page, unlike with Power Girl, Peach. we end up like, this is one of those issues that is such a weird play that, and I'm, it's funny that you said it, but it's, it's getting me giddy that we're on the same page, Eric, but. <laughs> You don't even have to talk about this. <laughs> you just end up saying, by the end, Demon Titans Tower, the end. The cliffhanger is the all that you need. That's all you need in this. But the weird play is I'm interested in this idea that maybe when you end up having the Nightmare Realm, all that hit where you do get Raven, Rachel, her soul side ends up being able to continue. But it doesn't really seem like it matters. Like, it could have just been that there. It seems like there was maybe some forethought put in this because of where we were in the Titan series before the Night Terrors happened. The idea that we're led to believe there's something wrong with Raven where part of her is missing. Is the idea that part of her is missing because she gave a part of herself for her love of Beast Boy, and that's what we're seeing right now in this Night Terrors bit. Even if that is, what does it do? It makes her not whole. But that's the thing, though. She's she not is used to love. Because she's saying that she did that for Beast Boy to make their whole play whole. And now it's used. I think that, if anything, you ended up having that bit that we thought was a big thing was just a throwaway deal to make the story in Night Terrors work. I, I think that you're going with but I'm this saying going there, into some, something. There's some forethought, I'm saying, about the ideas about that. I'm just saying that forethought, I just think that, you know, Andrew Constant got a, it's, I guess it is forethought. He said, hey, I need something to do a story. Can you throw this one line? And they're doing, that doesn't make a good story and doesn't make it any more impressive. Because if that's the case, they'll just end up with, at the end, boom, good, let's go. And it's just a weird play, the idea, because it seems like when she says it here, it's like a positive thing. Like, don't you get it? Part of me is in you because we love each other. So go and reach that and get me. But by the end, I was like, but that could mean something completely different for a being that is like Raven. You know, the idea that she's already split between her soul self and her regular self. If she gives a part of herself away, let's say to love someone, because that's like, you know, the fanciful idea of love, you give a part of yourself to the other person, but this is more of an actual physical thing because of who she is, or like, you know, with the magic powers. 
is it actually making her less where she's able to open herself up and love for the first time? But is it, why would it make her less? I, I, I don't get the concept. I'm just saying there's some, something about this that you could do with a continuing outside of Night Terrors. This is some revelatory stuff where in the nightmare, you could find out why, you know, a part of Raven is missing. Once we get out of the nightmare realm and back into the regular Titans book, we see the ramifications of the action. Well, see, that was the thing that I'm going with the idea where I was trying to say to you. That I think that that might have been just a little bit that they threw in so that they could do something in the Night Terrors and then it's done with. That after this, it's done because we solved it because that's the only way they can do the story or something. That Andrew Constant actually got a hold of Tom Taylor said, can you throw this line in for me? Because I want to use that in this because they're not giving me anything here of what my story would be. Nobody's and telling us rules or anything. only everybody was able to do stuff like that throughout DC well, Comics. It might have been okay. I mean, even so, we might both be full of it and they might have just thrown this in. I don't know. But by the end, it's a shitty story. I mean, oh, really, no, it's to, terrible. to call the it idea. a story is actually giving it too much benefit. There's we have a going random woman with the voice of Raven in her head leading through her through a, and even the idea where she's just like Supergirl that we had in the Superman book where Supergirl punched her way into Superman's nightmare because why the fuck not? Raven tells this girl how to punch her way into the Titan's terror nightmare, tower nightmare to where all the other Titans are to free them from their nightmares, which they're like, not, they're not even themselves in their own nightmare. They've already been taken over by essentially like a cyborg Superman thing where they are the nightmares themselves and have to be coaxed out to be who they <laughs> are again only to find raven by the end to find out oh my god we're in the tower of terror oh no and is is the tower itself having a nightmare <laughs> the whole play of this again what are the rules they're all together nightwing isn't there neither is Bez, but they might be out and about but they're in their own book deal but still in this like is it the girl's nightmare? Is it Raven's? Is it they're all just there. And well, even the idea that Raven's outside of this, because the, as she says, the restrictions are much less powerful out here. Hence me. Ray, you're not quite here. No, but not for a lack of trying. I'll be okay. So even the idea that Raven's not quite there with all of her power, like she's not able to puncture the dream, but the restrictions are less outside here. But still in the dream world, but she's able to coax this random woman into punching her way into the, the Titans dreams that are being shared exclusively to them. Eh, just them. And, and the funny thing is we kind of yelled about Dan Waters getting fancy. This was like the exact opposite. This is Ram A. Like, <laughs> this is not bad. This is so bare no, bones. This is basic Ram Y. Bitch. Yeah, really. Why, why bother? Why? Because it's, it's oh, let's go to the next door. Oh, wait, I think that we'll go. Oh, could you possibly be going to get Beast Boy? <laughs> I, I just love the idea, though. This random woman who Raven's talking to and trying to lead her through, she comes up with the idea of dream mooring her way to fucking create a mirror in this dream to show them their true face so they can step out of it. Oh, my God, the mirror's broken. What do I do now? Bitch, make another fucking mirror. You did it the first time. Yeah. I mean, you're breaking through into things with goo everywhere and running into bat-filled rooms and really wishing. Well, I love the idea. Just wish for a way out. All right. Oh, shit. I made a bunch of staircases. Oh, shit. I actually thought it would just be a front door. You go out. But she is a dream warrior until she isn't. But That's then the she thing. Is. Even, even when she has the broken mirror, it's like, oh, my God, we've come up to a, a room where the door won't open. Even with the combined might of the Titans, this door just won't budge. Well, you know what? I do have this broken mirror, so why don't I take a shard of glass and cut through reality to make a portal just to jump through? Because why not? Why not? I, I, I mean, seriously, you we're not going to get too much. mirror on the wall. Oh, my God. You got to show Cyborg what he really is. Okay, look in the mirror. Hey, it's me. Boom. That, 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 th it starts off the thing is, so basic. I, I got so fucking frustrated because I, I, it did, 
I thought it was going to do the basic bullshit where it's just like, I'm more machine than man. This is my biggest nightmare. But when it didn't even do that, he just snaps out of it. We move on. I'm like, why didn't <laughs> you do more? Saying. Like I'm saying, it's, it's like so not anything. Like they didn't even do the stuff that we normally get frustrated with people doing. It's not even that much. It's like, it was less. How did? How was it less than the, the basics? Works. <laughs> well, I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to try to make up things. I was going to say, well, if that mirror showed that he was actually all machine, but it, it's nothing. He's like, oh, magic mirror on the wall. What am I? You're cyborg. Oh shit, I am. Okay, Good. let's move on. Hey, hey there, Starfire. What are you? I'm Starfire. All right. Cool. <laughs> this is all that I am. Oh, yeah? How about now? No, I'm Starfire. Cool. Let's move on. Hey, Donna Troy, you got a lot of, like, never-ending face with teeth. No, you don't. Oh, you're right. You're cool. right. And how Thank are we going to get out of here? Right a moment. I think I'll just cut a hole in here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dream oh, no. Warrior. Terror Tower. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Well, what would you give it? This is a three out of ten. I'm telling you, the art's fine. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's really... Basic. Decent comic book art. It is basic. It's very basic, but it's very it's basic. Like a house style. It's not bad. House style comic art that I usually enjoy, it's but it's the story. There's nothing there. And I'm just trying to, like, I'm trying to grasp at straws or anything. Like I said, the idea that, oh my God, there was forethought in the Titans book, knowing that it was going to come to Night Terrors, where Ravens has a piece missing because she's in love with Beast Boy. And once we get out of Night Terrors, maybe we'll see the ramifications because who she is is a magical being, the daughter of Dragon. I don't know if that's for certain or not, but that's what I'm trying yeah. to make sense of. But the actual story, the nightmare itself, the fuck are the rules? I'm telling you, I say like, you know, Where's the rules the don't fuck, matter anymore. But, and I'm, so it was just nothing. A random woman walking through fucking stairwells to different rooms, showing people a mirror until she can't and then it doesn't matter. And you, you know what? I Andrew Constant doing this. I kind of get a little upset because Scott Godlewski is doing you said you like his art. It's I okay. Like his art a lot. But a lot of it is them walking up staircase. You're not even using the nightmare realm in a way that's like really fantastic and really giving the oomph to the artist because a lot of these where you know the story hasn't been hitting you even said it earlier most of the art in these are real cool and you're seeing all these horrific visions and all these things this is just so but i think that's got the like he didn't even want to take his time <laughs> he's like this isn't anything but like the thing is even when you have a chance like here's the nightmare version of titan's tower well it's kind of craggy in the middle of windows that has some some dead trees yeah, yeah scary <laughs> Look, there's scary. scary eyeballs in the middle, Just too. Just imagine us, like, what do they think we are, tree huggers? I'm like, why are there trees there? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, what, it's what are you giving this And book? then it's lightning. I, I'm, giving, I'm giving it a 2.5. I'll give it a 3. I don't want to be too mean. I mean... But it's just it's just nothing. Like I'm telling you, I love, the I love the Titans a lot, and I expected something because you have the team together. This this team that is essentially a family in DC Comics that I love. And if you're going to have this combined nightmare that I don't fully understand, show me something besides for a random woman who has to break her way into somebody else's collective dream. Seriously, I mean, just the idea, and I think it's because Tom, you know, Tom Taylor is doing the titans book he's also doing nightwing they have an event coming up in a little bit and he's probably catching up or getting ahead that's why he's not here but just not having him on this whether you like him or not that lessens it already a bit because the main writer isn't doing it but they're the big team i mean they replaced the just there's a lot more nightmares that i could think of of oh my i am's what i am's Look at the mirror. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm cyborg. I ain't M's what I am. I'm actually the cyborgs. All right. Yeah, you got to be bigger than that. But 2.5 out of 10. I just feel bad giving it that because I didn't get angry because it's such a quick read. 
It's so quick. It's even quicker than a normal Tom Taylor story, it feels like. Yeah, maybe that's the play. Uh, maybe. It's one of those books, and everybody has read that type of book, and you have obviously reviewed some of these, Eric. You've been reading and reviewing comics most of your life. Oh, God. It's one of those where when you do a review, a, a written review, I'm saying, you just don't know what to write because really all it does is give you a cliffhanger. And if you're, writing, if you're writing a non-spoiler review and can't even say at the end, well, there's the horror Titans Tower tears. You're fucked. You don't know what to say. Wait till you happens. see this. But it's one of those where when you say to people like, hey, you know, if you miss this one, it's it's fine. You know, you'll, you'll hear or you'll see that in the next issue anyway, because there's nothing to it. But we'll move on to the next book, Eric, which is a character not a lot of people know about. What are you talking about? Obviously, this is the book that everybody's been waiting for. Night Terror's Angel Breaker, <laughs> number one. You say that before the credits. I mean, really, when you have a character like an Angel Breaker that not a lot of people know, because there's not a lot out there, what you end up doing, you always team them up with the kick-ass raptor who everybody loves. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? Is this book fighting itself to to try to not sell? It's before the credits, but this is a Tim Seeley issue, so it made perfect sense to me. Wow. Even though Tim Seeley in his Nightwing run killed off Raptor in his own run. The character he created, he killed his own character off. Somebody yelled like Christopher Priest brought him back to life for no reason. And like, well, I guess he's alive now. Let's use him again. Yeah. And then he was like, dang. Even with all that, the idea I saw some people that, I mean, seriously, a lot of people before this issue came out said, I'm looking forward to. (laughs) I'm trying to say it with a straight face here. I'm looking forward to this Angel Breaker book. Because I don't know anything about the character, and I'm hoping that I get some info because kind of looks kind of cool. And then I read this. I'm like, "What are you doing, Tim Seeley? Like, you're, you're kind of like you're alluding to things. You get a little whisper down the lane, but they, it really could. We said this about Punchline, but this is a character that desperately needs some sort of push. Still feel like it did more than Punchline. Now it did, but it did in a weird way that I was also confused about. But give us the credits, and we'll get into it. Night Terrors, Angel Breaker number one, written by Tim Seeley with art by Aki Bright, Brian Reber, and Seda Temafonte. And in this issue, we're going to be dealing with Angel Breaker having to break into the Cult of Cobra to get the Asclepius, which is a dream snake that allows you to have the hidden abilities and talents of people that it's taken from so she can learn all the fighting styles that she needs to to become the greatest warrior there is, kind of like a Lady Shiva, but cheating using a dream snake. Like the, the Matrix. She wants has. to be Neo. She's going to say, I know Kung Fu at the end. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's essentially what it is. You can download anything in your mind that it has, like, essentially it has all this talents of the Justice League it's as cool well. It has concept. all this stuff. It is a cool concept but she needs someone to help her break in. So obviously she's going to go and get Rafter and freaking, uh, the hell is this gauntlet called? <laughs> Do you uh, remember Soyulac. what it is? It's Soyulac. Soyulac. You don't even mention that. Like, you Soyulac really should mention gauntlet. things. So right? obviously Rafter's going to go in there and kick a lot of ass against the Cult of Cobra. And I'm like, you see this? This is the thing. It's the League of Shadows. Kind of like, she's kind of outside of herself at this point in time. She's not doing League of Shadows stuff. She's all in it for herself, trying to make sure that she can become the best angel breaker that there is. This woman that was trained by Zealot and this group of warrior women called the Coda. And has a connection know, with Black Canary as well. And Black uh, Canary. Don't bring this up, yeah. You do, you do this weird thing, though, but you're really pushing the Wildstorm aspect yeah, of you this are. new character with Zealot and stuff like that. So you're doing some things like that I personally forgot about because I remembered the Black Canary connection, but Zealot, that's kind of cool when we're doing stuff. She has a connection with raptor a background so like they're doing some cool stuff and now you're tying in the cult of cobra who 
you know, they they make the rounds in DC Comics, obviously, but I feel like we haven't seen them do anything like like decent in a while. So I'm like, all right, we could have ourselves a really fun little kick-ass adventure. No, no. The Cult of Cobra that happened to be in that warehouse, they are dead. But the Cult itself lives on because they even have different things. With the Naha, Naha, you have, you have King Snake who sometimes takes over. And then you have these different things. Like, even Lady Eve, like, you know, she is a thing that we don't talk about very often. But she used to be a big deal in the Cult of Cobra. I didn't see her ass getting taken down by Leviathan. So you have all these. Tony, it's the Cult of Cobra as a whole. But every time they show up, there always seems to be the different factions of the cult of cobra in this then you get like cult of cobra academy which is kind of weird now also i i here's it's weird i like aki bright's art yes this was a normal issue that we were just going to get a series it doesn't work in a nightmare deal though it it actually throws me off a bit in this nightmare but even so So i'm saying in the event this is a nightmare event and it just it comes off a little bit too anime but i do like it i like it if they end up having a series i'd like aki bright doing the art i'm fine with that i I want something a little bit more with a hard edge the art style if there's an angel breaker series just for who the character seems to be this kick-ass kind of assassin type of woman right since she's part of the league of shadows stuff like that and everything like we just learned about her background recently i want something with a little harder edge i don't mind the way this book looks actually the kids look way more anime than anybody else in my yeah, mind they look like but straight for up some gotham reason, academy stuff they do like it's, that. it looks they like really manga do. stuff when you have the kids yeah, show up but I like the way everything looks, but for some reason, I hate the way that they draw Raptor because he has this fat, stupid face and like his body's so just kind of like dummy thick at times. Like this is a weird, stylistic, very exaggerated Raptor here. It is. Everything's a little bit stylized and over it. I like when he first shows up, though. It looks pretty cool. But even when you go. It sucks to see, though, like, you know, I say sucks, but like just the idea because of who the character was, even though. He never made a big splash in my mind to you or me or the rest of you know DC Comics fans. But the idea that he is so down on his luck, he is just pickpocketing people in the streets. This guy who was going to be better than Batman at one point when he first hit the scene in Nightwing back in Rebirth, now he's just picking pockets to kick yeah, Guy's got to live. Guy's <laughs> tried to get in that fighting toady. He's all over the place. The funny thing about this is I'm going to do a little bit of a play acting here, Eric, because at one point, I think this might be the most important book in oh, all shit. of the Night Terrors. When they end up talking uh, and, and you end up having acting, Angel Breaker, <laughs> I'm being you. Angel oh, Breaker is like several months ago, the Cola Cobra developed a device called the Asep- <laughs> what is it? The Asclepius, the Dream Snake. Harnessing I, I the, the power. The Asclepius. It, it has to, it doesn't come off the, the tip of my tongue. It yet, doesn't. But Asclepius har- does not work. Yeah, it should have been something better. Harnessing the power of the legendary Dreamstone and its user, John D. It could access any mind in the dreamscape, any thought, any memory, any skill. Yeah, you end up having Angel Breaker going after it for the fighting skills. But the idea that if you get this and you actually can go through dreams and all that, it really feels big, and I think it was by accident. So do I. I think it was by accident, but it could have been something I like love really, the idea really of this huge. Artifact too. Yeah, I, I think that it's pretty cool. I just love having like downloaded things. This would have been a really cool concept to have like all the fighters in the world, almost like what they were going to do with that fighting tournament on Lazarus Island. But instead, they're all after like it's a mad, mad, mad world trying to get uh-huh. this thing to be the biggest fighter would have been really cool. But I don't mind, you know, Angel Breaker's like, I want to up my ante. I want to, you know, be the best of the best and get in. But then there's that weird play where she's like snuggling up to Raptor. And I don't hate this issue. I well, just she doesn't, she doesn't didn't know feel what like that character to me, like out of nowhere, this hard edge character that seemed like this badass through and through where all of a sudden her and Raptor on a plane about to like, you know, be flown over their destination for the cult of Cobra. 
And they like, you know, okay, we'll get some time to kill. So I'm going to take a nap. She just snuggles up on his chest. Yeah, and like, that's a weird play. All right. For one thing, I, I understand that you guys might have a past. Raptor doesn't seem to like you very much. But you, I know you guys have a past, but he's also a dirty leper. What the he's hell are you leper, doing? He's a leper, Eric. Jesus, <laughs> criminy. Get out of there. I mean, you're going to end your life up with, your hands, Angel Breaker. He's going to be like, you know, he's like a left fielder. and He's going to drop a ball. Holy moly. I remember I have a lot of leopard jokes. I'll get canceled. But. In that, I wish, because we don't know much about Angel Breaker. She is a hard edge. Here, she doesn't seem it, right? No. I don't like the cuddling up to the leper raptor. Because <laughs> I know for a fact you would not eat food that the leper raptor would give you out Absolutely of the window not. of McDonald's. There's no way. You don't know if that's a fry. <laughs> and seriously, don't eat barbecue, right? The guy placed his hand on the dead body of Deathstroke. Deathstroke was dead, and his healing factor kicked back in to bring him back to life because of this dirty-ass leper touching him while he was dead. He's not only a leper. In that Soyalac, which at some points can read minds, Eric, yeah, also ends up having like 18 different vials of people's blood. I don't know where he got that shit. He has shit that's awful, but I don't mind Honestly, seeing... the less we say about Soyalac, the better at this point in time, because whenever we did mention it, it was awful. I know. Nobody even knows what we're talking about. It makes us giggle. We barely do. The idea of Angel Bray, well, it fits right in this event then, right? <laughs> I mean, you might find out that the, the Nightmare Stone's actually Soyalac. Honestly, if it's in there, I believe it. And the thing is, Soyalac still, every time, it sounds like some sort of baby formula. It drives <laughs> me nuts. It's the worst name ever. I don't mind Angel Breaker showing a little of the soft not with raptor though i wish that you would have saved that and when she bust in to the whole deal with the cold of cobra there are kids there and i and she's somebody who you know probably was you know abused and whatnot I'm saying you know smacked around a bit i don't know yeah, but the yeah. idea that she was forced into that she would feel but and show that tenderness to the kids maybe the kids david but not cuddle up to it, it was a weird play it was very odd it, it threw me off also, I love the idea that you have these kids, right? One of them that looks like, I don't know, Wallace West. But still, you end up having all this going on. And I love that they're waiting to see this the woman, right? You end up Lady having Menon. her. Lady Menon. She's coming down. I love that they are horned up little kids that when you get the panel, I'm saying it's through their point of view. They're just looking at her boobs. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. Eric. They really are. But. They're, you know, the kids, they're this, this thing curious. Is outside of, outside of the nightmare wave and everything that's night terrors related to this, I'm telling you, I like the idea where, you know, we just have Angel Breaker. She needs to get this artifact to be the best freaking killer that she can be and learn all the fight. I'm telling you, it just reminds me of Lady Shiva, and I love that idea, where you have this, and she wants to be better than Lady Shiva. She wants to have all the fighting style she can down on her mind so she doesn't have to spend all these years with all these different masters trying to fucking be the best she can be. Needs a thief like uh, for like uh, Raptor to do it. But they're both going into this. We have this background situation at the Cult of Cobra Academy where you have these young adepts who are the next to like the leaders of the Cult of Cobra who are supposed to be like, you know, be watched, you know, but also keep an eye on them so they don't do dirty stuff. Well, not dirty stuff, but like, you know, kids, I don't even know what that <laughs> means. Bad stuff. But anyway, you have their headmistress, Lady Menon. She has the dream snake. She is constantly taking all of her time away from the Cult of Cobra to be in there by herself to have an audience because the, the Kali Yuga, the god that they all worship, it doesn't talk back. But with this dream snake, she's able to actually look at the Justice League, all these gods and aliens, stuff like that, and be inside the minds of them, like have an audience with these gods. Yeah, and like it's, it's like actually, she's it's, playing VR. It's like going back to the next generation of Star Trek where you had – um. Yeah, don't do um, that. 
Wait, don't go back. Wait, no, but where you had freaking um, I always want to call him broccoli because that's what they called him. But now I can't remember his real name because we're having a real conversation. No, not Warp. But anyway, you had this character that became holodeck obsessed. He became he was always spending all. His, he was an addict, and they had to get him out of there because his real life sucked. But he was always spending all his time in the holodeck, and that's essentially what she's doing right now. To the point where with the young adepts. One of them is actually working for Lady Eve, the head of the Cult of Cobra, to fi- figure out what the hell she's up to if she is doing all this, you know, <laughs> dream snake bullshit. So we have all this background outside of the dream, the nightmare, the night terror stuff, and then outside of what Angel Breaker and Raptor go, like, really, we feel like we're living in a lived-in world here where things are going on outside of them. Like, it feels really good to read this Angel Breaker issue. And I'm like, and mostly probably it's because it has little to nothing to do with night terrors. Yeah, and, and you are right. It is like a Reginald Barkley character. Yes. And you end up where you're going through this. Barkley. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. And that is, you know, the classic. That's a mythological deal. But it, it would work. If you're bored ass there, you know, the fucking, no, no, you ain't talking to you. So you're doing this, having some fun. That, that is cool. Yuga. And while I'll go with the whole play of this, though, is where I'll give Tim Seeley some credit. He's given no info is what we've been told. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to try to make something that people will want an Angel Breaker book out of. And you kind of get that up until the end. You know, yeah. you end up seeing some things. She's interacting with Raptor, kind of fun. You get these kids, all that. And it does have a good concept. Uh, the worst part is, is that it ends up hitting the Nightmare Realm. But even as that happens, where were the robots, Eric? There's a plane that crashes right there. There's people dying. I knew that those robots were stinking liars. They weren't it's telling so, the It's truth. so funny to me, too, because like one of the things that we were talked about in the, like, the night test, the idea of like, well, if the whole world's asleep, what are we doing? Oh, don't worry. We have people like Red Tornado out there that are saving the planes from the sky. So we have the plane that is going down over top of the Cult of Cobra. You know, Raptor and Angel Maker are parachuting down to their target to, you know, steal what they need to with the Dream Stake. The, the 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 pilot's supposed to fly away, but Raptor, he don't trust no Angel Breaker. He paid him an extra bit of money to fly around some more because Raptor planned trust on killing Angel, Angel Breaker. Breaker. Yeah, he just wants to kill her. He's going to steal the, the shit and get out exactly, of there, Exactly, because funny. the guy is down on his luck. So now that ah. we have this this pilot who's been circling around the area, he's done falling asleep, and the plane is crashing down right on top of him. Like, this is hilarious. Yep, yeah. Not only that, but the other 20 kids that are there, the people, they're all dead. I mean, anybody in that plane. So those, those robots are liars. They didn't save everyone, but it's kind of funny. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, shit, where, where's Red Tornado? Why would Red Tornado swooped in, grabbed the plane, and just took off? And Raptor's like, oh, damn it. It's not there, but it blows up. But, yeah, this whole play. It works out. But the thing is, did we ever figure out how this is working? Because it does seem like our characters should have been hit by the nightmare wave, right? But they're not asleep or they're asleep, but they're experienced. They're experiencing the real world where the plane is falling down on them, about to crash land on them. So that's real world stuff. And it doesn't really seem, besides for the actual monsters that are coming at the end of this issue, that you're actually dealing with actual them being asleep nightmares. So like, yeah, the, the weird play that is you're almost playing with the spiritual deal. And when they're talking about the idea of the snakes, I think that that might have averted that little section. And the, what we're seeing is the super. I don't know. That's again, I don't know if that's the case, but I don't think they fell asleep. I think this is more of the supernatural stuff. And I'm telling you, it's weird, too, because we actually have, you know, creatures that are nightmares in the waking world, these nightmare constructs that we've seen throughout. So is that all we're dealing with here with the uh, the Academy, the cult of uh, Cobra, when they actually have these nightmare creatures? Like, are they actually like the sleepless nights, just constructs here in the waking world? Or 
are we experiencing a hyper realistic dream where like you know almost like me when i sleep or i'm so i'm such a boring fuck when i fall asleep it is everyday stuff i don't ever have nightmares or the day i might as i'm telling you i have i've had a dream before where i woke up because i had a text message checked the text put it back down and went back to sleep and then realized later on that was a dream. I never got a text. That was just the dream. I went back to sleep in my dream. But I'm telling you, my stuff is just so ordinary. I get up and go to work, and then I wake up. I'm like, fuck me. Why do I have to have a dream like that? Are they experiencing something something like me that's so hyper-realistic that it's just their waking lives but in a dream? They do end up like falling into that nightmare realm, so I guess at the end. But then seeing the plane crash seems a little bit off. Well, even the idea where the one kid, one of the adept kids, he's like, I'm online and everybody's falling asleep who are doing live streams. Like, so he's obviously on, he's online on his phone, knowing that everybody else is falling asleep. Are we protected? Because at one point they say that the, uh, the dream snake is protected around lead walls because of the supers and stuff like that. Do we have other stuff around the cult of Cobra that when the, the nightmare wave hit that allowed them to stay awake that we don't I, know I, yet? I think they're awake. I think that people have even said that Angel Breaker's cool because that's a book where she's awake. It might even say in the, and the solicit, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, they, the nightmare waves there, but it's afterwards and they're yelling about it. So maybe they are doing weird plays like you said, that it's so mundane that they're actually reacting like they would. I don't We'll have to see. We'll have to see in the next one. But I actually didn't mind this as much once we started talking about it because it is a character. We don't really know much about. Got a little bit with well, the sword. And even even the stuff like stuff, I don't right? care about Raptor, but Raptor teaming up with Angel Breaker. I'm telling you, it's one of those weird misfit like pairings that I love. Almost like a hex and violence. But then they're doing Cult of Cobra shit, and I'm like, and it's aside of the co- Cobra that we actually don't see, where you know they're constantly trying to kidnap Deathstroke's daughter, or you know, it's just not like uh, the Naha Naha. Oh, I was waiting for the Deathstroke's daughter to show up. I'm just saying. It's just one of those weird. I'm telling you, there are so many different or little Dead factions and things. Oh, what I say? We both said Deathstroke. Dead oh yeah, Deadshot. Yeah, yeah, Floyd's daughter. But when you have this, it's just one of those weird little factions that you don't get to see all the time with Cobra that I appreciate seeing in this weird scenario with a goddamn magical dream snake. I'm like, this is fun as hell, and I really wish that this was its own thing outside of Night Terrors because I yeah, had a good but time it was just it. a deal. This actually reminds me of a bit like a funner version of a Dan Waters Azrael, where we ended up having some fun little plays, and you could have had. It's such a weird team up of Raptor and Angel. I think we like it because it's something that we dealt so much with. So we could then impress people with our Soyulak knowledge. But it's weird though. It it only took like that little bit of having a character that we actually know. Yeah, we know he's a leper. We laugh about that, but we do know about him, which then kind of eases you in with the Angel Bray. And it actually worked out well. Maybe not as a Night Terrors book overall, but as an Angel Breaker book, I kind of do wish this was just, hey, don't put this in the, the make it a Dawn of DC miniseries. Seriously. And, and I'm try telling you, that Angel and, Breaker number one, where it's a heist, we're going against the Cult of Cobra with Raptor. I'm like, yes, please. Get rid of the, the get rid of the nonsense of that, you know, the, the wave at the end. And yeah. I think that, that this number one would have been way better than stuff like a Hawk Girl. Even like a cyborg for me and things like that, it could have actually it could have been something, Eric. But we'll see. We'll see. What are you going to give it? Ultimately, I like the art a lot. Besides for the the dummy thick look of Raptor, and I'm like, <laughs> tell you, it's 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 not as hard edged as I wanted for like an Angel Breaker character or even a Raptor at this point in time. I think it was more for I, the kids, right? Again, I had fun with this just because of the crazy concepts and how well it worked. Because you have this entire world that's like you know has its own personal stories going on in the background outside of anything, and I'm like. 
is good. And like, it's not great for a night terrors book because once, you know, his angel breaker is hit by the wave. She's like, I, I saw something weird, violent and terrible. A, a, a dream from her past to the story from when she was a kid starts attacking them by the end, but they seem to be awake, but they're in angel breakers waking dream. We don't know enough about the character angel breakers. So maybe it's a side effect of something that she's actually a part, like something that's a part of her. Who knows? As a part of Night Terrors, it sucks. As his own story, had a great time. Seven out of ten. I'm seven out of ten as well. I'm looking. I'm wondering how many people, because Raptor isn't well known, they're like, man, that guy's got the Infinity Gauntlet on. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, it kind of looks like I'm the upper half, especially. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of saying that we might have a like cool even, even, little Angel Breaker book that we could have even coming out Even when Angel later. Breaker hears the, this rattle of this monster at the end and grabs a hold of like, what the hell are you talking about? That event, everyone falling asleep, it tore Nanny Gillow and her rattle from my dreams, Raptor. What if the evil that only I can fight, that I have to train for a lifetime to stop, what if I created it? So from the last little bits of Angel Breaker talking here, it seems when the Nightmare Wave hit, it tore a, tr- a nightmare out of her mind and put it into the waking world for where they are in the Cult of Cobra. Don't have any idea how that works with any of the rules. It's the first time I've seen any of that shit, but had a fun time reading it besides for that. Yeah, it's it's upsetting me now that this isn't just a normal book that it is a night terror still because i think it could have been pretty cool and i i like that idea where she's like hey you know Liga i'm kind of doing this on my side i'm gonna go get raptor we're getting it's a lot of stuff like the cold of we don't see a lot so it is and even cool. and even the parts we do see this is a different aspect of the stuff because like you know the stuff you do see this isn't it. And I'm so, uh, I love when you get to have those different aspects of Cobra, even though it is like, you know, we saw Leviathan's kill a, like a faction of the cult of Cobra. We see the one going after Deadshot's daughter all the time. You got King Snake saying he's the fucking grandmaster of it all. Sometimes you have all the, and then you have, you know, kids are supposed to be the next Naha. Now you have all these different ideas that people play with. And this is just one with Lady Eve, but Lady Eve's not even really in it. She's off to his else, And you have another part. Adept Cole is her little mole there, and I like that they could go to Adept West and say, can you get in some radio signals on those ears? <laughs> Jesus, primary, those things stick out. But I did, like it. I did like it. We're both 7 out of 10, but we're going to finish up with mm, probably not a 7 out of 10. I- I'm not going to speak for you, Eric, but Better I not. don't know about this book. It is the Night Terrors Harley Quinn number 1. Written by Teeny Howard, art by Hayden Sherman, Treona Farrell, and Steve Wands, and pretty much Teeny Howard, Teeny Howard's it up here, and it's barely even readable in my mind. I mean, well, the there's thing is, shit happening that doesn't even make sense. This is a Night Terrors Harley Quinn issue, right? And, and before we got into the Nightmare Realm with Insomnia and all the nonsense that we were dealing with that, Harley Quinn has been dealing with other nonsense where Teeny Howard decided that she has multiversal powers that can do all this stuff. Lady Quirk, an extra dimension, an extra multiversal being has decided that I have to kill Harley Quinn if she keeps fucking with the multiverse because I can't have that because for some reason Lady Quirk's brought it upon herself to be to be the protector of the multiverse in this book. Now we're in the nightmare realm and Harley Quinn has to go inside, pretty much outside of the Matrix to go to a debug room where she can play the multiverse like a video game and then go anywhere she wants in the multiverse because she has the multiversal guidebook. For some reason, Teeny Howard hasn't realized that ever since Dark Crisis, the Infinite Earths have been reinvent, reinvented, brought back. So the multiversal guidebook that we had, you know, a physical copy in real life and the one they have in the comic books because it's a very Grant Morrison meta thing, that doesn't work anymore because that was only 52 Earths. And a lot of those Earths were changed. And and again, in the story, what Teeny Howard wants to do is she's so heavy-handed and just wanting to make this a video game-esque thing. She keeps like, oh, the debug room. 
You mean where I can go and add things in the debug room? Where I can go and fight this in the debug room? I'm like, we get it. We get it. But it doesn't make sense. Like in this book, it's also pushing that idea of now. Really, all you have to do in this, because Harley has been jumping back and forth in the multiverse, that maybe the wave hits while she's in the multiverse. When she comes out, she does whatever. But all this really ends we know up where playing she is, up. Uh, uh, she's bullshit. She ends up saying in this teeny hour, well, Harley's so good that none of this matters. And she's able to, you know, pretty much cheat code her way into even more nonsense. Well, but then the at thing. the it's- end, I start thinking, are we doing like, an Ender's game here where she thinks she's doing something, but this is more of the plan. I'm, I'm giving her so much credit more than she deserves of this is like an ultimate plan of insomnia to make Harley think she's not doing this, but she is, but she's also going through things. I don't know. Now, now, if you tell me if this was actually in the book, because I'm telling you, it's not actually in the book, but if you tell me the grand design could have been along what you're saying, we're out of nowhere because of Harley Quinn's for some reason current connection to the multiverse that she has in her, her dawn of dc run that insomnia is using her dream warrior power to freaking jump into the multiverse to look for the dreamstone on other worlds that that's could what be i amazing, was thinking it was but that is not what it is that isn't and that's the problem and again i thought that it was gonna play like i said like an ender's game where harley thinks she's just goofing off and doing this but she's actually fighting the main war here that she is going because at some point insomnia realized almost like going and tying into what happened at the beginning for With some wesley reason dodds? wesley dodds mentions Talking about that multiversal stuff? time travel and multiverse yeah. and that would have been something where insomnia realizes oh my god i also have to scour the multiverse who better to do that than harley she's crazy i can well until her. recently no i could tell it you a lot of different big. people yeah well yeah exactly and so when you have that though you mess up with the multiversal gut, then that is something, again, I knew that you would have a problem with it because it is a problem. That's when I started thinking, though, like, they're duping her with it. This doesn't mean anything. And they gave that to her as a way to make her think that something was real and that, but it's not. And she has this way. But I don't, I can't give Teeny credit like that because she doesn't know and then it doesn't even seem like that it even seems like the debug room that like it's like when harley puts her is put into the dream state the nightmare realm she sees all these incredible things that couldn't be and she has to fight the anti-monitor dooms and all this crazy mm. stuff and she says look i have faced all my right? fears because i like yeah he, he can't catch a break anymore no. but i i've been crazy a long time and i've had to fight my fears and the things that like are my nightmares for a long time i know this is all bullshit and we had this voice that's over like over the like you know narrate to her like this overreaching being saying all right you know what i tried to fool you but you weren't be able to do any of this stuff this was all a test and i need you to like you, you proved yourself the best person for the job i need you to go here and check out this multiverse you can go and do whatever you want here's a multiversal guidebook and the computer to the multiverse you can put yourself wherever you want to go and it seems even that they have the debug room is actually the rock of eternity for the way it's presented here. And I'm like, that's a, that's a weird choice too. But ultimately, for your Harley Quinn night terrors issue, it's like, all right, I can figure this stuff out. When we page through this book, I'm going to go to the pirate universe. Oh no, the pirate universe isn't great because the Just League doesn't think I'm a good guy, but I am a good guy. Well, I better get out of here. I'm going to go to the Red Rain universe. Hey, Harley Quinn, you're the best ever. You're here. You can kill us because we don't want to be vampires. I'm like, oh, I don't want that. Well, it turns out as I'm paging through this multiversal guidebook where I'm a member of all the Justice Leagues of this team that being a part of the Justice League is my real nightmare. Oh, no. It was everybody else's when she'd show up all the time, Seriously. Too, right? But When she was in John Kent's like, Justice League League at the beginning of Dark yeah. Crisis when people lost people their fucking lost minds. people lost their mind. Uh, and so when you get this, 
the, the weirdest play, though, is that I'm telling you, I could try to make it work in a way that this could be the biggest book out there, that this could solve a lot of things. This could be but it's not. We know it's not. And when she ends up doing like just the idea that after what looked like to me, the setup of, oh, my God, she's being duped and Samia's doing this. And then you just go off to pirate well, look, world. Then you the go to Red is, Rain and it's just nothing, right? Going along with our theme, like, you know, that we see, like, at least I see Freddy Krueger and everything we're doing with Night Terrors because it's all I could think about as soon as it was announced with, you know, everything that was solicited. If you want to go along the lines of horror movie talk as analogies for what we're dealing with, with your concept, which it could have been, could have been a cool concept because even though I don't like anything to do with Harley Quinn being involved with the multiverse or having multiversal powers for whatever reason, that's her current status quo and i can't do anything about that so let's say that we have to deal with that going in because that's what tv howard's doing and if we have insomnia playing this overarching game where he is using this connection to check the different multiverses hey go here go here because he's using this to like you know check people's minds for the nightmare stone fuck he can even find multiple nightmare stones in different universes who fucking knows but it goes along the lines of what we had in nightmare on elm street 3 the dream i'm I'm four the dream master where at the in the beginning of that movie, you only had three original Elm Street kids left who survived Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. And Freddy kills them when he comes back. But he needs Kristen, who has the ability to Was it Manny, bring- Moe, and Jack? Was- no, no it, was, it was Joey, Kincaid, and Kristen. Hmm. But like Kristen had the ability to pull people into her dreams. That was her big thing from Part 3. In Part 4, dream she gets killed. But before she does... She brings this other girl, Alice, into her dream, who has nothing to do with the Elm Street kids at all. And when she dies, her power goes to Alice, who then doesn't know how to use the power. And Freddy uses her to bring other kids into the nightmare so he can kill them and get their souls. So it's along those lines where, like, you know, using this to, like, go to the different places that don't have access to. And that's all I can think about. All I kept thinking because... And I'm telling you, I think that what Teeny... Teeny Howard's trying to impress the kids down at the local arcade, right? Where she's like, Hey, I need you to do the speed run. Oh, I know what a speed run. <laughs> you know, but what I wanted out of this was this voice, but we don't know what it is. It's like, and then at the end of each she level, she thinks it's low at times. Yeah, yeah, she says that, but then she's like, "Why would I do that?" Well, at the end, y- you end up collecting the dime. You like something, you know, the gem. Say something that's a that'd be a video game esque type deal where she would go through these things looking for. This magical, it, it's actually the nightmare stone that he's sending her. She does not know, but that's a very video game-esque thing that she would go and play. Oh, I get this. I'm going to do it. Here we go. And then at the end, I mean, if it's not going to matter, at the end, she just, and, and even played. She gets to a castle, wrong castle. Oh, my. And then we go off and do, you know, goofy things. But still, it could have been a cool concept that she's being duped to go scour the multiverse to find things. And the weird play of this is it's almost playing the idea where you have, it's Harley, she's so crazy, and all her nightmares and dreams, all that, that she can't be a fa- but the Joker is in another book, so it doesn't work for me that way. Uh, but at the end, I wish that it was, she was getting to. And even the idea where it's an older multiversal guidebook, because, you know, Insomnia, he's not up with the times, he's been in a coma, Eric, so he points that, he could have made it work, but at the end, it's just I am nonsense. terrified, though, outside of Night Terrors, because... Of what Scott Snyder did during Metal and Death Metal, the idea that the multiverse can, like, you know, fix itself because they kept destroying the freaking different worlds in the multiverse. And I always hated the idea that it would just fix itself because that means none of the stories that we ever deal with ever matter. It always set back to a, a, a status quo and nothing ever changes. I hate that because I always want the worlds to feel like they continue on after we have our adventures and there's continuity there. But every time you say, 
Oh, it fixed itself. It means nothing matters. It makes it mean nothing, and that's what they do. But, and Grant Morrison himself I, hates the idea of them killing off characters well, and it's things the worst, like that. Because you have all these great things to play with. Why would you fucking ruin the toys in the sandbox and nobody else can play with them anymore? But when you have the situation when Harley's jumping to these different worlds, and at the one point, the Red Rain universe is like, you were, you tried to fight us, and you were the best. And like Harley's like, I'm not having fun anymore. She runs out. It's like, what the fuck was that? What's happening here? And the, the voice is like, you've changed things, it seems. What? You said this wasn't real. That doesn't mean that the multiverse cannot see it and adjust. You may have com- uh, convinced reality that you're quite useful to the Justice League indeed. So the idea I'm sitting here, I'm like, don't you tell me that the multiverse fixed itself to where Harley Quinn's the greatest thing ever and part of the, all of the Justice League's the multiverse. Because stop fixing yourself that way, multiverse. That would be great. Uh, and again, I at one point, I actually even got like a, not giddy, but I actually thought, oh my God, Teeny Howard, you know, we're not really digging the Harley book. But you're going to use night terrors to actually fix the Lady Quirk situation so we can actually get a fucking real story in the regular thing. I actually thought that. And then I looked at the slow. Oh, it's still, it just continues with the Lady Quirk stuff after this. It would have been a kind of a cool play that she ends up fixing it during night terrors. But I don't know. It, it's just all over the place. But it, it actually, if you're enjoying the Harley book, I guess you'd enjoy this because it's just as much More bullshit as stuff, everything, yeah. right? It's just nonsense. But. What would you give it? Oh, you're not going to do the backup in this thing? Because I thought you said you're talking. There is a backup. You were talking about the backup before we got on. I, I started paging through it, and I refused. Downright refused to read it. I paged through it, but... It's Lee Williams, it- though. You liked your page stuff earlier. I, I, did, I did like that one page thing. <laughs> just that one page thing earlier. One page, but the idea, but the, the idea that we've had these backups in this Harley Quinn book, which were... they you know, in, here, right? In continuity dreams of Harley Quinn in the backup to the Harley Quinn book... The idea that we have another dream backup in a night terror story that's all about dreams, but not associated with it. I'm like, fuck you. I am you not doing that, this. You say that, Eric. Then take into this that it really feels like the night terrors version of the Frank Thierry Harley ruins the DC multi. And then it makes it even worse because she ends up there without knowing and she's with a future Harley. Like an old lady kind of like type Harley. Like yeah. old lady yeah. Harley again. It's exactly like that. I thought at the end I was going to, oh, that's Frank Thierry. This is kind of a weird concept. They ended up getting a mini series and tagging it, but it isn't. And it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just to add money to the dealer's nonsense. I actually was just going to skip it, but since you said it, it is written by. Leah Williams with art by Ben Templesmith, who I usually like, but not in this situation. No, I don't, I don't think care he for had it. much to do uh, with uh, colors by him as well. And Hassan Atsame Al-Hal on letters, but it's nothing. It's it's just the thing is, I wanted to. Br- I didn't read it, but I wanted to bring it up to tell you why I didn't read it. Well, and I actually thought that, oh, he's, he might have missed it, but it's like right there at the end. I yeah. actually thought that if you were going to play this up and you're going to have a backup, which is bullshit. You should have done a backup with Bud and Lou connected to the backup in the one before or do something that was connected a bit, not just throw this shit in for no reason and just have, hey, future Harley, I don't know why I'm here. We were doing an interview. And then they're playing arcade games out and they really messed up because they should have played Bloodsport right there. It would have been great. I sent you a picture I made that I thought it would have made things a lot better. Uh, but overall, it's it's such a weird play, though, to see an old lady Harley when we just uh, nonsense. What would you give it? Oh, I'm going to give this a three point five out of ten. The main mm-hmm. art's not terrible, but it's, it's not something I really enjoy either. And the, like the backup art doesn't do anything for me. Our story in the backup doesn't do anything for me. The only thing that really intrigues me is the idea that you put forward with Insomni using Harley as a conduit to the rest of the multiverse. 
but I can't even see that's real this going on here. You get some cool looks as Harley doing weird multiversal stuff in worlds you don't normally get to see in the DC universe. But like most things in Night Terrors, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, the one, it, it's a weird play. I could say for one thing, I already said it. If you're reading the Harley book, I guess you like, but isn't this like something that you're trying to do a little thing different? You know, you're trying to do it a little bit different with it, and it's just more of the same bullshit and even worse because it doesn't matter. Not that the regular one matters either. I, I wish that she ended matter. up doing something where suddenly she wrote like a serious issue, like this was the deal. That and, and again, you're playing with Harley. You can do a lot with her nightmares and things like that. And instead, oh, she's too smart to bug room. Speed run. Boom, boom, boom. Out. You do get Kevin for a second as a swab in the deck. He's like Shmi. Yeah, he's nothing. I wanted more of him. I maybe you know you could have had a nightmare that Kevin you left them behind because you did. Uh, even then, when you end up where she's like, I'm in. Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum, the pirate deal And you have a guy walking that looked just like Superman I'm like, oh, look, oh, Superman just Nonsense (laughs) That's what I'm saying So like, I'm like, what what, what was that? Like, where is the nightmare realm Where Superman actually is doing that porno with Big Bart? It should have been right there Right there on that deck Dream realm Dream realm That's a nightmare for, for me Those are two Sexy people would just make me feel a little self-conscious. Oh, I, I forgot you love ugly porn. And seriously, if you're gonna, do, do, you know, imagine things, you should be a little realistic with it, Eric. I gotta be realistic. Don't I'm not my imagination. I'm not a handsome man, Eric. I'm not gonna be able to pretend that. Uh, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Night Terrors Action Comics number one. My book of the week is Superman: Last Days of Lex Luthor, the number one that we played up on the. Patreon Spotlight. Here is what we have for next week. And just to say, I think that you're nonsense. But again, I think that you're nonsense. That one year was Hawkgirl. So I think that happened at one point, right? Am I mistaken there? Did you say that book of the week one year? (laughs) Maybe. One year you did that. You did give Tim Drake a book of the week. So nobody can take take it all with a grain of salt. Here we go with what's next week. Two of these books will be on the, well, you are one of the few. Uh, we are here. I'm telling you, I don't go over to the YouTube. You say you like anything, they kick you the hell off. Here are the books that we'll be talking about this week or next week, and two of them will be on the Patreon only spotlight. And we'll probably end up having a Friday. Thank God it's Friday because we have four non spooky books, including Adventures of Superman, John Kent number six. All right, finale. Uh, Gabe kept pushing the idea that. It like really solid. This is the end of Tom Taylor doing anything at all, which I can't go forward. And he's already said that they have big plans. But City Boy number three, Eric. All right, I look forward to that deal. Justice Society of America number five. We'll see if that comes out. And Steelworks number three. Yeah, I kind of look forward to that. He he wants to get rid of the superheroes. He does. Uh, and then of the spooky books, we end up having Night Cares Batman number two. And again, this is going to be the telltale week. This is where it's where shit has to come together. Yeah. If we end up going through this first week of the second half and you end up, well, that didn't mean anything that didn't. And then you're we're in big trouble. Especially, I mean, at least they have to mean something within their own books. Right. Especially something. Night Terrors Ravager number two, because that's where everything hangs. 
That is coming out, Eric. I was trying Cameron. to hit that, but I'll also hit that. Stolen my dreams. Night Terror's Black Adam number two. But Batman shows up there. Is it the real Batman or a nightmare construct of the Dark Knight detective? Who knows? Who knows, Eric? Or is it Dead Man in Batman's butt? In the dream world. In the dream world. <laughs> Why not? Is it the debug room? Night Terror's Poison Ivy number two. Oh. Are we in Poison Ivy's suburban nightmare dream, or are we in freaking... Jenna from HR's Nightmare. What are they sharing? It's Poison Vision. That's what I call it. <laughs> poison, poison Vision. Night Terror's Ravager, number two. Most will, important book coming out. Will Death? Well, yeah, it's it's Death. Will Deathstroke be resurrected in the Nightmare Realm, only to carry over or crossover into the real life? At the end, you'll have the end? Question mark or never the end? Or come back in this issue sometime in the few next few months? And then you get Peacekeeper Zero One. I was going to mention that when we were talking about the Brave and the Bold. When they do spell it out that somebody's saying it, and it's the O One. To me, you almost have to say that. But you also end up having Night Terrors, the Joker number two. Can he get it done that nine to five? Can he? Can, can he survive? I'll give you one thing. That at least How did had. That end? Do you remember? Oh, you know what? I actually do care about that because the idea that he has Batman's dead body in his closet while there's another Batman running around Gotham. Remember what I said matters. was going to happen? Because he's mm-hmm. just going to end. You said, what did you say that he was going to get somebody like he? I, I, what were we arguing no, about? No, no. We were end? talking about the idea that freaking Gaggy was going to be the one dressing up as Batman to get Joker's attention back. Yeah. Yeah. And I said that I think that the Joker's just going to take that dead body and pretend that he's Batman or something. I don't know. I but look that, forward to it. I've done it. I didn't like the overall nightmare, but that constant alone, I'm like, it might not be bad by the second issue. That book did end up having insomnia in the actual nightmare, but oh, he yeah. kept calling him Mr. D because he's in John D's. But that, that whole thing gets obscured of, is that actually just, because it is John D's body. It's just yeah. nonsense. It's Some nonsense. weird face paint. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what happened. Uh, but that's that. That's that's the spooky books. Five spooky books. We'll see. It's the second half. We're going to come out of halftime. New game plan. Things mean something. We're going to regroup. We're going to. Money <laughs> ball. Know. We'll see. Yeah. The real money ball, maybe. But with all of that, <laughs> if you want to hear what we're talking about, me and Eric had a bit of a colorful discussion about Mr. Baseball on our Patreon spotlight. So if you want to listen Look. to that and the upcoming two books that'll be picked, which I would think. Will be Justice John Kent Society JSA. and City Boy. I no, no, John Kent JSA. Yeah, I don't know that John Kent. I think people have forgotten finale. about that book. We'll see. In finale. I, uh, but what before it, this, what, yeah. what is the finale going to be? Hey, you know what? Injustice is pretty bad. Unless maybe John Kent makes it so it isn't. Maybe Daddy Clark Kent what I said will turn the cheek. Because John Ken has been a good force Seems in his like life. Seems like a lot to go on one issue, but... Sure, really said no, no. We talked about the way... There's, we still have to get freaking Red Tornado and Valzad out of the Phantom Zone. Uh, I think they're stuck there. <laughs> I don't think we're but getting them out. Before we get to the end, just remember... <laughs> that make sure you go out there and pick up Batman the Brave and the Bold number three for your speculation that the... The first appearance and origin of Mr. <laughs> Mr. Baseball <laughs> will be worth so much in the future. Everybody who needs doesn't want that. that? I mean, that left me in stitches. <laughs> My goodness that book gracious. was a home run. I, I, <laughs> yeah, right now. Mm, that was a foul ball. I, I ended up where I was thinking of all these different baseball puns that were so bad, and I forgot them all with it. But 
Yeah, all that nonsense. Yeah, speculators unite. Eric was yelling for speculators to unite around Mr. Baseball, but called them influencers, influencers which made me know. think that I was going to get on TikTok and dance. Eh, we didn't know what we were talking about. Terms and words are hard sometimes. It is funny when I ended up, because you end up right away, and you, we didn't talk about it, and you're like, I really like this was bad. I started yelling at you. And you go, all right, then. And then just kept talking. But we, yeah. we, we came together at the end. We agreed. I still think Mr. Baseball is a fun idea for like a, a lower tier Batman villain in the future. I, I ended up, I think my idea was a lot better than I was going through in this. <laughs> and it could uh, still be that in the future. I don't think that the you can expand can evolve. on a character. I can. don't think he, you wouldn't evolve a guy. In something that already they seem to have evolved His psychosis has expanded I don't think he's got that much psychosis They just play it off as he's a real big fan of the baseball That's it They got annoyed because he talked a lot of baseball I needed him to be so obsessed That he just couldn't get past the bait And it's not the case He's just like, hey there He walks around with a bat mm, Nonsense <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll Two-Face evolved So can Mr. Baseball I actually hope that he does show up just for your sake so I can laugh at you that you're wrong. Again, that's what I need. But who knows? Speculators unite and the influencers. <laughs> Get all those people. Hey, here, Logan Paul's really going wild about this Mr. Baseball. That's all I know, Eric. I don't you're know. You're right. Get Logan Paul on my side. Where is uh, Gigi? A, is it Gigi Adid? Is, is she out there? I heard Gigi new jeans. Out? New jeans is dancing around singing about the Mr. Baseball. Eric, it's going to be a hit. Oh, I don't know who these things are, but sure. Yeah, those are K-pop. See, you got to get down with the kids, David. I don't want to get down with the kids. That two, sounds weird. Uh, two of those books, like we said, will be on the Patreon. SpotlightPatreon.com slash Weird Science. Look for all of that, and including my new podcast that I said earlier that I'm doing a Miller World. It's Miller time, Eric, a podcast oh. with the Miller World stuff starting with their official reading order starting with one, which is very over the top. I actually, for the first time, I actually had to give a warning before and said, this is going to get sexy and it's going to get dirty. A lot of bad language. Yeah. So Sound like you on your honeymoon. I had to warn the kid, I wish. It was more yelling and crying. And both from me. Ah, but that's it. That is it. That's the night terrors with the, with the K. Happy Summerween. All that. Uh, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We keep it spooky. Spooky. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Well, I don't know what we're reading tonight I get the feeling that something ain't right It's so bad, I keep pulling out my hair And I'm wondering if we'll ever get scared Harley's in the multiverse Joker's got a job, here I am Stuck in that tales with you Yes, I'm stuck in that tales with you And I'm counting up the days it's so hard to keep a smile from my face Cause the story's been all over the place Harley's in the multiverse Joker's got a job, here I am Stuck in that tent
Don't take me from calling Want some better folks to see me